You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, the host of this show. Today, I've got Brooks Childress and Cam Berry as we are here for the full three hours on this Friday, and we will have a lot of big things to talk about on this fun Friday. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Auburn basketball. They get set for a very important game against Southern Cal on Sunday. Of course, Bronny James and company coming to Neville Arena. We'll tell you why it's much more than Bronny James that Auburn will need to be focused on uh, in Neville Arena on Sunday. So we'll talk about that matchup. Uh, we will talk about the recent uh, additions to the transfer portal and recent decisions by some Auburn football players. There was a important but expected name, or I guess a key but expected name, uh, joining the portal today from Auburn. There was also an important player and key player for the Tigers this past year that announced he will come back to school for another year. So we'll talk a little bit about those guys. Uh, we will have a bit of a game today. We will have a kind of a a bowl pick'em of sorts where we uh, have a whole the whole list of bowl games, and we'll kind of make our teams of bowl games, and we will uh, select ones and kind of have see which guy has the uh, best grouping of bowl matchups they're looking forward to uh, this year. Of course, that is because bowl season starts tomorrow. There's a bunch of bowl games, seven bowl games, six in the FBS coming up tomorrow. So we will uh, kick off bowl season that way by selecting some bowls to watch out for. And, of course, if you want to give us a call today, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9 to join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. We'll also reveal Sports Call's Player of the Week coming up a little bit later in the show. Again, Ryan, Brooks, and Cam with you here on this Friday. We'll start with you, Brooks. How are you this afternoon? I am doing great. It's been a couple days since I've been on uh, on Sports Call, so it's uh, it's great to be back here and uh, in talking some sports, getting ready for bowl season, as, uh, as you said, coming up starting tomorrow. Um, it's uh, it's uh, going to be it's it's a great time, but it's also a sad time because you got so many bowl games uh, almost every single day of the week uh, starting tomorrow. You're going to have bowl games, but it's um, it's also sad because that means football season and specifically college football season is almost over. So uh, it's bittersweet, but uh, we're we're going to look at the positive things. Can't wait to get to the bowl draft too. I've got some. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a couple days now, and I've got some sleeper picks. I'm I'm ready to to pounce on uh, early. Uh, 
early and often is, is what we're going with. I'm going uh, may go a lot of value here, uh, but it's uh, it's it's great. It, it's a great Friday. Getting ready for a big sports weekend. Uh, heard from Bruce Pearl earlier today. Uh, leading into uh, a big one inside of Neville Arena on Sunday as the USC uh, Trojans come to town to take on the Auburn Tigers. First time Auburn's been back in Neville Arena in, in a few games. Uh, I think three straight road games, technically road uh, games away from Neville Arena since the Tigers have, uh, have last been at home. So it's going to be a big crowd. Uh, students not in town, but it's still sold out anyway. Uh, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a raucous environment. Uh, I think uh, Bruce Pearl in his press conference today said, "I need the 40s." 50s and 60-somethings to kind of think that it's a animal house out there <laughs> going back to school and get into it. And I'm sure the, the Auburn family is going to have no problem uh, pulling off a, a large environment. I think uh, overheard there's 50 NBA scouts coming. There's a few NBA presidents coming to the uh, to the g- game tomorrow or on Sunday. So it's uh, it's going to be big. It's, it's a big-time uh, affair inside Neville Arena. So uh, can't wait to, to talk about all that. Can't wait to get to um, – get to all of our calls today and uh this is this is not a sponsor so i'm, I'm just gonna give a shout out though um i, I did this a couple days ago with uh, uh with something else but uh, i did travel to uh to huntsville for the game on wednesday if you're ever in huntsville ted's barbecue some great stuff i tell you what that it is some great great stuff up there their teddy boy uh is doing it right at, at ted's barbecue up there in uh in huntsville so if you're ever in the the north alabama area hit them up that is some, whew, man that was a good pregame meal yeah uh, it, i it's okay to to plug non-sponsors from time to time especially ones that are in huntsville <laughs> it was, it was great. i had a good experience with safe light auto today because the windshield <laughs> needed some some work so exactly so uh sometimes uh sometimes there are great services and uh absolutely you were raving about that barbecue for sure canberry also on this friday edition of the show can how are you today i'm doing great a great friday and uh i I, uh went to a um, christmas party last night with my other job and that was a good time in montgomery and uh I, I won a hundred dollar spa gift card. So oh, okay. Yes, maybe I'm gonna go get a massage at some point. Or uh, yes, sir. I don't know. Should be fun. Anyway, um, yeah, great win for Auburn in Huntsville. Um, I, I saw. I didn't watch it um, personally, but I saw some things about the broadcast that a lot of people had issues with uh, the next round live doing that broadcast and just did not like the way that. Uh, they were calling the game and how that whole thing played out. Um, but Auburn was able to get a good win. Trey Donaldson leading Auburn with all scores. Um, so just good to see. Kind of it's it's kind of been like a little bit different for every 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 game. It's been somebody a little bit different that's able to show out and showcase and play well. Um, have a really good game and and you like that as as you kind of progress into. Um, you know, a game the game against USC, um, the guards are going to have some real challenges there because they have some really, really talented guards. And, um, you know, also uh, just transitioning into into conference play, you want to be able to have everybody kind of feeling like they're in a bit of a rhythm and um, feeling a little bit more comfortable with their shot, all those type of things that you go into it. So um, kind of in the non-conference, I, I, I'm like, I like that I'm seeing every a different player kind of do different things and then everybody else kind of fills in their role. Um, so, so what I, I like what I'm seeing from Auburn basketball um, thus far, and uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, firing of Brandon Staley today after that absolutely embarrassing loss last night. 
Um, for some dumb reason, I decided to pick up the Chargers defense in fantasy, <laughs> thinking that it was going to be a low-scoring game. And then they, they decided to score 55 points on, on the Chargers defense. And so I'm kind of in a hole right now, negative five points already. So, so we're, we're, we're kind of fall, we're, we're fighting from behind. But uh, still, uh, he, he needed to go. That was pretty clear uh, that, that Brandon Staley needed to go. Um, they kind of cleaned house completely, got rid of their GM as well. So uh, that was certainly an interesting move. And uh, the Raiders absolutely just dominated uh, that game on, on both sides of the ball. So um, was was certainly interesting to see when I looked at when I looked at my phone for the first time just to kind of keep up with it. I saw it was 42-0 at half, and I said, "Oh." It's going like that. Okay. Well, alrighty then. Uh, I knew it was going to be rough because obviously no Easton Stick. Uh, you know, starting Easton Stick, no Herbert, and then you know the. the um I mean, you already don't have Joey Bosa on the defensive side, you and, and then you have um, no Keenan Allen either. So I mean, they were very limited on 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 all sides of the ball. So it, it was definitely uh, definitely rough. But uh, yeah, so that that firing is the most recent news with the NFL, and uh, yeah, I'm doing great, um, and uh, glad that it's Friday. Yeah, Are absolutely. You doing well, Ryan? I, I am. Thank you for asking. I had a similar story last night to where I was not. I, I was not planning to, nor could I watch any of that NFL game. I went to a movie last night. Uh, another non-sponsor, AMC Theaters. They're great. Um, <laughs> oh, what'd you see? Uh, Bound of Songbirds and Snakes, the new Hunger, Hunger Games. Oh, movie. I heard that yeah. it was good. Yeah, it was yeah. quite good. Yeah, okay. I, I, so that's that's well, one that's going worth going to see. Let me put it this way, and I like long movies, and I know I'm off track, and we're five minutes in the show, but uh, it's Friday. It's two and a half hour movie, and. I could have gone. I could have gone another two hours on Sweet. it because the story right, does not have a cliffhanger, yeah. but it could have continued all the Sweet. same. And so I thought they did it really well, and good. it was a good return in the series for sure. Uh, but I got out of the theater, and I saw. I didn't, I didn't check the score till I got home. It was like almost ten o'clock, and it was sixty-three to seven when I checked it for the first time. And I was like, surely the ESPN app is just having a cow right now. Like, like yeah. it's just not functioning properly and then i went through and confirmed every single score on their game cast and uh that was yeah needless to say that 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 could have been the first coach fired at halftime i mean that 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 was something else so that will be something we're talking about in the coming days when we talk more nfl we will lead off today's show with uh, the auburn football news and that is the return of a player and the departure of a player the return of a player is Eugene Asante, the former North Carolina player, the linebacker for the Tigers that uh, really had a tremendous start to the year, was still very valuable for Auburn throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, he did explore some NFL thoughts. Uh, personally, I have no idea where he would have gone. It would have been a, a late-round pick, if anything. Uh, and, and so he decides to return to Auburn. And, and I honestly do appreciate it. I will go ahead and say that because in this age where there's a lot of different decisions one can make, I'm totally down, even if you're the second-string dude. And Asante is obviously a starting line, linebacker and a very good SEC linebacker. But even if you're the second-string uh, string dude, I would love for you to say I'm coming back to so-and-so school because that's how I feel that we're at in college sports now. Like I almost do need a confirmation from everybody before I pencil them into the roster for the next year. But anyway, Eugene Asante is back. However, there is one portal departure today. It is a name that was discussed thoroughly throughout the year. 
and heavily speculated that this would happen, and it became official that Robbie Ashford is in the transfer portal as of today. So Auburn now uh, looking at a quarterback room, still Peyton Thorne of Holden Gurner, uh, Hank Brown, and then uh, the incoming Walker White, assuming he signs, which, again, that's just an – it's about as 100% as a recruit will ever yeah. get. But, yeah. again, assuming he signs there in five days, which, again, he's been recruiting for Auburn. So, again, he, he will sign for Auburn. But uh, that will be the quarterback room. We will see if that opens up a portal thought for Auburn on if they will like to pursue a quarterback. Obviously, Auburn has been pretty mum on starting caliber quarterbacks. There was interest in Riley Leonard. He quickly – went to Notre Dame in the process. But other than that, you have not read many quarterbacks that Auburn has been linked to in the portal process. So, guys, your thoughts on these two roster moves and if this changes your thinking about the portal uh, with the quarterback room in any way. I mean, yeah, the the, the re- retainment, I guess, of, of Eugene Asante, that's big just for your linebacker room in general. Um, and, and for your defense to have a little bit of continuity, uh, he's a really you know he's emerged as a as a leader um, in the on the defense, a, a strong voice. Uh, so to maintain that uh, is big for the defense, and and to have uh, for for you know anybody that's coming in and transferring in or. Uh, you know, uh, any freshman that comes in, anything like that. So the, it's good to, to maintain a, a leader uh, that, that's in your uh, on your defense, especially in the linebacker room. Uh, that's just kind of, I mean, you know, the linebackers, they, they kind of run a little bit of everything on the defense. So that's something that's extremely helpful. Uh, with Robbie Ashford, it, you know, it, he just, there just wasn't really much room for him here. Um, in the quarterback room, you know, you have Walker White coming in. Um, Peyton Thorne, you know, obviously is still on the roster, uh, and and it just and um, Holden Gurner still, you know, uh, around as well. You know, it just didn't seem like there was much of a path for him really to play, um, and he has two years of eligibility remaining. So giving him the opportunity to go uh, somewhere where he can actually get the opportunity to play quarterback um, to the best of his uh, ability um, is the most ideal situation. Um, I don't really see I. I I'm not sure if Auburn – if Auburn's going to probably go get another quarterback in the portal, I think they're going to get somebody that's going to go and compete with um, compete with Peyton Thorne for the starting job, somebody that might have, like, one more year of eligibility remaining, um, something along the lines of that. But other than that, I, I wouldn't really expect too much in the quarterback room at this point in time anymore because, um, I mean, it was such a full room. Now you lose Robbie, there's still four guys in there. Uh, you know, you have Walker, you have Hank Brown, you have – Peyton and, and and Holden, so you, you don't your quarterback room is is um, still pretty full. So bringing in that extra um, that extra guy, I mean, you know, might bring competition, but that I mean, I would expect that that's somebody that you're expecting to compete to start. That's really all. That's really about it. You're not bringing in anybody for depth at this point in time. You're just bringing in, bringing somebody in to try and elevate your offense. If you don't think Peyton Thorne is the answer, or, or to push Peyton Thorne to see if he can uh, really elevate his game and lock in a little bit better, like he did towards the back half of the season, um, to really get a, a full season out of that for him. So uh, that's really all I'm expecting out of the quarterback room uh, at this point. Um, so we'll see. But, I, I mean, obviously wish Robbie the best. Uh, he didn't sulk when he lost his playing time. He played. Uh, he was he was a great teammate, was always cheering on Peyton, um, even when his package was no longer in use uh, towards the back half of the season. So 
uh, he, he, you know, put on a, a, a great face um, and cheered on everybody, didn't sulk, didn't pout, didn't, you know, do anything along the lines of that. And um, th- that takes a lot of character, and that's something that is commendable. Um, and you, so you want to be able to, uh, you know, want to see him succeed somewhere else uh, and be able to uh, sh- uh, showcase his skills and um, give him a great opportunity to go uh, play quarterback somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think I'll start with Robbie. Uh, I think it was a move that a lot of people kind of figured was coming. I think there right. was still could have been a, a shredded you know, shred of hey, maybe he'll he'll stick around. Uh, but uh, you know, in making it official that he's entered the transfer portal, I think it's a. I think you know, it probably about time you you, you look at the uh, and not not a bad way. I don't want to say oh, it's about time he gets out of here. No, it's it's a a good time to move on because the the way that Hugh Freeze talked down the stretch and and the the actions of the game, you, you saw them. Cam, you mentioned kind of went away from the the Robbie Ashford package at the toward the end of the year. It was Peyton Thorne's show, and then the way that uh, that uh, Freeze talked about Holden Gurner uh, in press conferences and stuff at practice, it really felt like he was zeroing in on and Gurner as uh, as potentially a, a guy for the future, uh, and then you you mentioned we're also bringing in a, a Walker White. Uh, it's the freshman, and so I I think that after you get into the season, you know you got into the season. Hugh Freeze saw what he, what uh, he would be able to do with Robbie Ashford, and, and figured that it was not going to fully fit in with what they were looking to do on offense with uh, him and Philip Montgomery's offense kind of meshing. Uh, so you know it, it's he's a guy that can go and you know be probably be successful at a, another school, a, a smaller Division One school, much like a lot of other Auburn quarterbacks uh, have done. You like you mentioned, I, th- I think we brought this up a couple weeks ago, but Malik Willis went off to have a, a successful career at Liberty. Uh, you, you've got T.J. Finley who's off having a, a fairly successful career uh, or season at uh, at Texas State this year. Um, Zach Calzada went down to uh, Immaculate uh, or Incarnate Word, and they're having a you know he he had a fairly decent year down there. Uh, obviously, the big one, Bo Nix, going on to to have a really good uh, good couple years at Oregon, and so I think that Robbie Ashford can you know he can find a place, he can find a, a school that's looking for a quarterback, and he can go in and compete and be a, a, a quality starter for. For a smaller school, it just didn't fit in here. It didn't fit his didn't fit what Hugh Freeze wanted to do, and that's you know that's difficult when you come in. Uh, you know, Robbie Ashford was recruited here and brought in by uh, Brian Harson and that staff. And so, you know, when when you bring in a guy from you know you, when you your new coach gets in, he you know obviously he's got to mostly got to work with what the old coach brought in, and sometimes it can be tough, and sometimes the, you know the, those players don't fit with what you want to do, and so it's going to be you know it, it's probably a, a you know a good mutual splitting of ways between between those two. Uh, when it comes to Eugene Asante, great pickup. Uh, I, I said pickup, you already had him, uh, but great to get him back. Uh, he was uh, team's leading tackler last year. Uh, and so it was a you know 84 tackles on the year big big time get uh, big time to bring him back on that defense and, and a guy that really grew uh, throughout the season and so it, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do uh, for this Auburn defense going forward especially a year in to the Ron Roberts system 
uh, and, and see if he can he can become one of those veteran leaders on, on the front of that defense and uh, and, and kind of help power what what Hugh Freeze and the staff want to do. Especially when you got you know you look at that the schedule was released Wednesday night. You've got really really t- I know we already knew the, the teams, but you got Alabama, which is going Jalen Milrow announced he's coming back. Uh, so that offense is still going to be very potent. You got a Georgia team who can move the football. Uh, you've got an Oklahoma team that proved this year they could score points. Uh, and there, there's a lot of really good offenses you're facing next year uh, in, in this in, in the schedule. And so you're going to need a guy like Eugene Asante to kind of lead that defense. And so that's that's really really good that Auburn was able to hold on to him. Well, and I, I think with him being your top linebacker for most of the year. That's a position worried about it in the early uh, part of the year, or at least in the off season. And then you had the Cal game, and Asante kind of made his mark and felt a little bit better about that room throughout the year. Got some other guys involved too, uh, and, and so he has solidified that group a little bit. They still need to find some edge guys, whether they're whatever scheme they're playing in or, or whatever game it might be. They need, need to see some outside guys that can rush the passer, but. Uh, inside wise, Asante certainly uh, proved his medal this season. You know, for Ashford, obviously, we talked about him as being one of the quarterback options, being a part of the carousel at times. And, you know, he's just not a big time power conference quarterback. Now, he might go to a smaller conference and, and run a run heavy quarterbacking system with simplified options in the passing game, and he might be able to have a lot better time of it. Like, again, that. that Sometimes, I mean, there still is a gap between Power 5 and smaller conference football. There is. And that's why you see T.J. Finley go down there to Texas State and play really well at Texas State. T.J. Finley was not just Auburn. For as many times as Auburn has failed with some quarterbacks the last five or six years, uh, Finley also failed at LSU. He, he had not played very well there either. Auburn destroyed an LSU team led by him. Uh, coming in the Jordan-Hare Stadium back in, uh, what, 2019 so or 2020. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think that, uh, again, there is just a certain level of difference. And just because you're bad at the Power 5 level does not mean that you go to the Group of 5 level and automatically are bad too. So if Ashford goes to a different level, then his running might be more valuable because there might not be anyone – that can do it quite like him, and it might simplify the passing for him so much at a lower level that it'll make him look like he's improved a little bit and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, that is certainly a possibility for him. But it's obvious that Auburn is ne- wanting and needing to focus more on a throw-first quarterback. And we talked about coming into the season and all summer long about what a Hugh Freeze quarterback looks like and that sort of thing, and – you know, for the most part, it has been a guy that is still more of a throw first guy rather than a run first guy. The only time it wasn't was when it was Malik Willis. And that was, again, though, at a smaller conference. I mean, that was at Liberty. And that was uh, still, in my view, a little bit different situation. I think a lot were hopeful that Ashford would kind of have that Malik Willis arc. But also the truth of it was is that Liberty was a smaller school. Right. And Malik Willis has, in limited opportunity, you say, yeah, he made the league, that's great. But in limited opportunity, he done absolutely nothing in Tennessee, the point where I bet you I bet you five bucks he's going to get cut this offseason. And then we'll see if he ends up on a practice squad or something like that. So, you know, I don't even know if the real improvement was, was ever there to begin with. So... Um, I, I think that when you're looking at 
what this team needs. You're going to have these five and four star receivers coming in here. It's not going to matter who runs a little better or, or or that sort of thing. It's going to be about who passes the ball. And again, that's I think why some have been a little anxious about holding on to Peyton Thorn because we did not see enough passing acumen this year to be comfortable about what's going to happen next year. Now, again, I always feel worth mentioning because, because again, it is a real thing that Auburn's wide receiving core this year will have as little talent as I think you can have at a big-time SEC school like Auburn. And so only the slot guys and Fairweather were guys that felt like they belonged on this level. And even there, it's not the best version of those positions because even Fairweather had some had some drop problems multiple games. Uh, and, and so even there, those were better guys, but it's not like you know you're comparing those guys to the upper echelon receivers of the league. So uh, that is certainly part of the equation for Thorne. But again, that's why it's created some angst. However, I still think Thorne clearly better passing option, and I, I'm – Going to be surprised if Holden Gurner does not end up being a clearly better passing option. So I think that's why you saw Gurner trend towards the backup. And that's why coming in the next year, I think Asher would have been third string. Because regardless what his running is, you get Perry Thompson and Cam Coleman, Malcolm Simmons, and Lord forbid they also get Ryan Williams too. I don't think Auburn's going to be like, yeah, we want the guy that can run. With all that, I think you're going to be wanting to sling it around a little bit. And we'll see if Peyton Thorne ends up being able to do it. Uh, but, again, I think that uh, clearly Ashford was just not built for the passing acumen needed at the Power 5 level. Let's take one quick phone call before we got uh, before we go to our first break. Got a couple phone calls lined up. 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free. One triple eight nine Tiger Nine. First up on the show today. Jeff from Columbus. Jeff is with us. Jeff, how are you today? Doing good, guys. Hey, I, uh, I didn't realize I'd be the first one on. I don't know how I'd beat so many of your other callers, but thanks. Uh, hey, um, uh, you all say you got a short show today? No, that was yesterday. We're, we're full show today. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, um, man, as a, as a Georgia fan, I am, uh, I am so – I hope Peyton Thorne stays. You know, I hope that's who you go with. But, Ryan, put your GM cap on. What right. about this? What uh-huh. if Auburn is waiting till after spring practice when the ones and twos finally go after it and the twos, you know, or the number ones become number twos? Wouldn't you, I mean, wouldn't that also give them a, it, a, another opportunity to get a quarterback then, a proven quarterback? I mean, it might, but also that's what where they landed on Peyton Thorne because Auburn did not well, get anyone – you know, they didn't get anyone in the early cycles, so they had to go to the last few guys. And then Peyton Thorne was actually, for that late in the right. process, a pretty high-profile guy. Auburn, in that way, got a little fortunate that someone that had two years starting experience at a relevant Power 5 school. Uh, and so you would be risking it. And I truly, from what I, I've read about Auburn and their stance, I, I really think that they – are convinced, whether right or wrong, that just simply having more talented receivers is going to unlock the Peyton Thorne that played his first year at Michigan State that was a 65% passer and went to 
a 10-win season. And so I, I, I really don't think that they, at any point, unless Thorne shows some sort of regression in the spring, uh, I, I don't think that they are really feeling the need to, to spice up the quarterback competition, honestly. I got you. Now, um, and then uh, I guess, uh, uh, what's his name, Ashford is transferring. And I'm wondering if this is going to turn into, hey, and can't he transfer at least right now and play this year? Yes. Because didn't they turn it over until they appeal it? You yeah. know, he can yeah, that next appeal is coming. That next appeal is coming in uh, in like twelve days. It's only a two week uh, stay there. So I, 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 you would if that ruling changes in twelve days, then it does not mean that if you if you transferred within these fourteen days, you you would then be able to play next year. You would you would go back to being under under these rules. Uh, this is only only a temporary thing. Okay, and. How many times can they appeal this? I mean, can this just keep reversing every twelve days? <laughs> I, I I don't know the all the semantics on on how many times it can reverse and and what the timelines are for it. But uh, I I think that it just would be up to different different levels of courts. And I don't I think once you got towards the top, then I don't think you'd go back down to the bottom. Okay, and just one more thing, uh, or a couple more things, real quick. Um, didn't Mississippi or Michigan State haven't all of their quarterbacks left? Their starting quarterback who beat out Peyton Thorne and their second string? Yeah, they, they had another transfer, yes. Yes. So, I mean, I just, um, you know, and who'd want to go to Michigan State right now? I understand, but I mean, uh, I was just curious about that. Just how good was the quarterback at Michigan State? Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly not sure. I mean, again, they were not a great team yeah. this year. They had all the Mel Tucker uh, stuff happen. I mean, they I, ended up, I think, like four and eight yeah. or something this year. So, I mean, they they were not good. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it's been a it's been a declining situation there ever since Mel Tucker got that extension two years ago. Exactly. Hey, and one more question. Speaking of Peyton Thorne and his transfer and stuff, um, uh, uh, not Peyton Thorne, but Ashford. Did I see that Joey Gatewood played football this year? You did. Tight end for for Louisville. Yes, yes, you did. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's got to be thirty. He went from quarterback at Auburn to Kentucky to UCF and then to Louisville. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, surely he's out of eligibility now. I think so, but I don't. You never know. But I think so. the first round pick for somebody then you never can tell he's well-rounded and well-traveled but <laughs> I, I just I, I just couldn't believe that but hey i know you've got other callers i just wanted to put my two cents in and uh i will talk to y'all sometime next week have a great weekend you too jeff we appreciate that phone call that is jeff from columbus joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line look that is a line of thinking for sure that uh, you could end up having spring practice go a certain way uh and and then look back at the portal but uh, I would tell you this too, not that they wouldn't do it, but it, with the quality of name that has been in the portal the last couple weeks for Auburn to sit idly for the most part and then pursue a starting level quarterback the second time, that would probably irritate me, uh, to be honest with you, because if there was that much doubt to where a set of spring practices could 
change your thought that much to going from nope, don't need anybody to yep, need somebody to compete for the starting job. Uh, that should have been a little bit more thought out. So I have operated under the assumption they are funneling all their NIL resource and money into the high school ranks, focusing on a two- and three-year plan, not a next-year plan. And so if they reverse course that late, that will be some sort of discombobulation that would actually make me pretty uncomfortable and irritable because I'm okay at year two deciding, okay, Thorne, one more year of eligibility. We believe it was more on other things. We like what we saw when he had an opportunity. Well, let's ride with him, and then we'll have young guys have an opportunity like Walker White the year after that, or we'll be in a better roster position. We'll have some depth. We will expend some NIL resource for a portal guy. I'm fine if you stay married to that, but don't kind of put one foot in, one foot out, and say, yeah, we kind of want the high school, but we kind of want the portal, and year three is important, but dang, year two looks juicy now. And like, just kind of pick one. I know you want to win as much as you can, as long as you can, and as often as you can, but they have been intentional to this point about a three to four year plan. And part of that is to not expend vast resource in the portal until you are a player or two away from being a playoff team. And I still am under the assumption, even though there were some promising moments this year, that they are more than just simply a quarterback away next year from being uh, being a true playoff team. I mean, they might they might graze it. I mean, it's going to be twelve teams. We'll see what kind of team gets in there at eleven and twelve. But I do think that they they need to if they're going to, and it looks like they've already have. I mean, there's already half of the big guys have committed. I mean, there's still Will Howard and Cam Ward and one or two others, but. They've already kind of made this bed. Well, then lay in it and, and and focus on trying to flip a KJ Bolden or a Ryan Williams and continuing to knock it out of the park with the 2025 class too. And then when that cycle comes, then when you've built your depth, then you are truly one or two players away. That's when you hop in the portal. We need to take our first time out of the show. When we come back, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning Sports Call. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all-SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger the sports call tiger 95.9 the tiger.fm and the tiger communications app ryan lavoy brooks childress cam berry 
with you here on this Friday edition of the program. About to get to the orthopedic clinic phone line, but I got to tell you a little bit more breaking news. This one is the first one that is an eye raiser, admittedly, of all the players that have entered the portal. Uh, none have quite been of this degree, but about five minutes ago, Auburn wide receiver Javarius Johnson has entered his name into the transfer portal. And again, that, guys, is why I said earlier with the likes of Eugene Asante that at this point in college football and in college athletics, I like for everyone to go ahead and tell me, even if it seemed obvious, that you were coming back because Javarius Johnson is certainly not one that I had under a big suspension, uh, suspension, excuse me, uh, of going uh, into the portal. I thought that he and Jay Fair would be kind of the leaders of the the wide receiver room, the veterans of the room. But Johnson was his senior this year. He still has another year of eligibility because of COVID. This year was 19 catches, 347 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, by no means is that numbers that are not replaceable, but simply, well, there were not many good numbers at all in the wide receiver room. It was him, Jay Fair, and again, Rivaldo Fairweather really providing any and all production. So, uh, Javarius Johnson's getting in the portal. Uh, maybe that means room enough only for Jay Fair in the slot. Uh, maybe looking at someone else to maybe fill it a newcomer. Uh, so, again, Auburn does lose another wide receiver. This one, the first one with significant playing time in 2023 and wide receiver Javarius Johnson. With that, we need to go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-889-TIGER-9. Next up, James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you today? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know a lot of people have been telling me about uh, Draymond Green. Do you think he has a chance of staying in the NBA, or do you think it's time for him to just, you know, hang it up and just retire? Uh, I don't think it's time for him to retire just yet. Certainly not age why he's he's 33 years old. His play has still been pretty good, but uh, he mm-hmm. he obviously needs to have a little bit. Of a, of a revival in terms of his attitude and how he handles himself on the basketball court because he's almost becoming a danger to those around him with how reckless he's been. And he's always been a chippy player. He's a player that has crossed that line on occasion in years past, but he is crossing that line far, far more often now. And it's been sad to see, and a lot of the guys in the league are, are basically saying that he needs help and 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 uh, needs to get his mind right and all that. So with this indefinite suspension, I think it's going to be a while. I think he's going to do some counseling and, and again, try to readjust his mindset. Uh, But I I do think he still has the opportunity to play in the league again uh, because, again, the talent and the ability is still there. But, again, the mind mind has to be in a more sound place. Yes, that's well, because yesterday they were talking on NBA uh, Today about uh, the Players Association, and they were saying – uh, the Players Association will step in and they'll see what uh, what would be the the outcome of Draymond Green and, uh, you know, for the suspension that the uh, Golden State Warriors would have for him as well because I know the Golden State Warriors, with him, they're good, but without him, I'm not quite sure because this, is, this just started the regular season right after the playing tournament, but I'm not sure if the Golden State Warriors will make it to the NBA Finals this year. So it, it could be a possibility. 
but I'm not quite sure. So the the season has already started, so it's a long season for NBA, and and I don't know where where the uh, Golden State Warriors are going to be ranked at when when that time comes as well. Yeah, no, I, I'm not very optimistic about it, James. I do really love the Golden State Warriors, but uh, I think that they just have too many problems with Draymond's uh, antics, with Clay struggling a little bit this year, with Wiggins struggling a little bit this year. Uh, I, I certainly don't think they're going to another NBA Finals. They're going to struggle just to make the playoffs, quite quite honestly, this year. But uh, it was a great run for the team. It was a nine or ten year run that was as good as just about any in the sports history, other than the the Bulls. And uh, again, it was it was a special run for sure. But uh, I do think it's coming to an end. Yes, as well. And then with the college football um, bowl season coming in tomorrow, I'm actually going to be looking at Auburn and Maryland because I think this game is uh, it's going to be a really good game uh, this coming up weekend as well. But I was looking at some old highlights from Auburn and Maryland, and get this, these two teams actually met on November the 5th, 1983, in Jordan Harris Stadium, and the the runner back for that team for Auburn was Bo Jackson, and that was a really good uh, a good game that uh, Maryland actually played in Jordan Harris Stadium in 1983 as well. Yeah, I obviously wasn't around in the early 80s there when uh, last time Auburn did play Maryland, but uh, it has been a matchup that again about 40 years ago and. Uh, SEC Big Ten matchup, which of course are always relevant in the sport because that's the the two best conferences in the sport. So it should be a lot of fun. Yes, it is, and it's going to be one of the uh, great games I'm going to be circling on on my uh, bowl season calendar this week. And then um, that to open up the bowl season weekend, I'm actually going to be watching Howard University and Florida A&M. So Howard University, uh, these are this is going to be a historic matchup in Atlanta, one of the two best programs of HBCU schools that are going to have a really good uh, time in Atlanta. So the the halftime show for this game is going to be really amazing. So I'm going to be watching it as well. And I think Howard University is going to, is, is really going to rock in, in uh, Atlanta this weekend as well. Yeah. Uh, no, again, that, uh, that will be another game on Saturday for sure. And those, those halftime shows always are great. And, uh, those two team, two teams obviously were, were very good there at the FCS level. Yes, as well. And then with the um, NFL season, that's going to be uh, starting on Saturday. I know a lot of people have been asking uh, with with the Super Bowl right around like right around the corner. I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys and seeing if we're going to make the chance to make it to the playoffs. But I'm just going to keep my hopes on uh, high alert with uh, Dak Prescott and see if he's going to do something. Uh, this time around, this weekend, uh, this Sunday, when we play, um, I think we play uh, uh, Buffalo, I think. Yep, Buffalo Bills in uh, in Buffalo there, yep. Yeah, so I think this is going to be, um, this is going to be a nail-biter for me, so I'm just going to see if if Dak Prescott is going to, you know, throw some good uh, fantasy points to uh, Kayvon Tarpin. And I'm just going to see how he's going to do as well. So it's going to be a really good uh, weekend for me. And I'm getting I'm getting ready for the uh, NFL fantasy playoffs. So I'm I'm keeping my hopes alive for this one as well. And you know, James, about your Cowboys, uh, Brandon Aubrey, the kicker, formerly a Birmingham Stallion, has been an excellent kicker for the Cowboys this year. 
Yes, indeed, indeed, yes, because uh, he was a Birmingham Stallion at one point in time, and uh, he's really doing a really good job for my Cowboys, and I and I probably see him in the near future actually, uh, you know, getting the keys and and unlocking the door to the to the great hall up there in uh, Canton, Ohio, one one of these days as well, and uh, I wish him the best of luck this weekend as well. Absolutely. Yes, and then uh, this coming up. Sunday, we actually play USC, and I'm going to be watching that one as well. So I'm just going to see how um, Bruce Pearl is actually going to uh, take this team at home against uh, USC because I did see USC for um, for a while and uh, seeing what Ronnie James is actually going to do. So I know this is going to be kind of Ronnie James uh, start to actually come to the jungle, and I know it's going to be loud, and and you know a lot of fans are going to be there, and I know it's going to be a sold out crowd. So I think Auburn is going to win this one. So it's going to be a it's going to be a good game uh, this Sunday as well. Yeah, again, a lot of people excited for this matchup, as you said, because of Bronny James coming. USC has already lost a few games of note, so we'll see if they can uh, play a little bit better basketball. But certainly, they have uh, a few really good guards that are going to be tough for Auburn to guard, but. Uh, definitely excited about the matchup. Yes, as well. And then this coming up Sunday, I'm actually going to be watching the UFC this Sunday. So I got, um, I'm actually going to be watching this one, and this one is from Las Vegas, Nevada. So this one is going to be a really good, um, a good fight this weekend as well. So I got my my weekend uh, tied all up as well, and um, I'm getting ready for the uh, Christmas. NBA season, so I got a lot of the games I'm going to be watching for the Christmas holidays as well. Yeah, no, it's still a busy time in the sports year, even with football slowing down a little bit. Got all the bowl games, got some fights. Again, you got college basketball, pro basketball. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Yes, it is. So I'm just trying to keep it all together as well. And then um, my last thing with um, with college. Uh, bowl season. I'll probably take uh, the college bowl trivia probably next week as well. All right, college bowl game trivia next week. We'll do it. All right, sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Only a couple of minutes left here in this first hour of the show. We will talk about that Auburn USC game coming up in the second hour, uh, as well as a little bit later. We will talk about the bowl matchups, and we'll do our bowl game draft. Really excited about that. 43 bowl games. There's three of us. That means 14 bowls. A team that means one bowl game gets left out. So, uh, again, if you get to the end of the line later today and say, oh, there's one bowl game and didn't pick, yes, because there's 43, and uh, we will not have someone with an extra bowl game. So, uh, excited about that coming up. Uh, And, again, did want to remind people, if you're just now tuning in, there that uh, there is another Auburn Tiger in the transfer portal. Yes, Robbie Ashford earlier today, but now Javarius Johnson, uh, one of the wide receivers for the Tigers that did have some productivity this year. Uh, he was a senior this year, so he should still have one year of eligibility. I know that sentence sounds weird. He's a senior, so he should have a year left, uh, but still going off of all the COVID years and red shirts and all that sort of thing. So he is going to be transferring away. Uh, I, I think that would be a relevant time to say that maybe Robert Lewis of Georgia State 
was a move that Auburn made, kind of thinking this might happen. Uh, Lewis is a, about a 5'11", six-foot receiver, so not more, definitely more of an inside guy than an outside guy. That produced nearly 900 yards and seven touchdowns at Georgia State. So he might be an option. Of course, still Jay Fair for now. And again, that just kind of exemplifies the ever-changing nature of the sport, that there are a lot of guys that uh, mold decisions that you weren't even aware of that were uh, mulling decisions for sure. And also, before we end this first hour, I want to mention, you know, yesterday we did have Borgard High School basketball right here in Tiger 95.9. Today, over on FM Talk 93.9, we'll have Smith Station basketball as they travel to Montgomery to take on Sydney Lanier. And so Brant Daughtry will be on the call of that one. Again, that one coming up about 5 o'clock on FM Talk 93.9. And other high school basketball uh, next week, Monday and Tuesday, are scheduled to be shorter shows because of Beauregard High School basketball. Those are our final two broadcasts, I believe, of 2023 uh, for Beauregard High School sports. And we, they just so happen to be back-to-back. So Monday and Tuesday of next week, we will be looking at about another hour and a half, hour 45 show. So keep that in mind as well. But today we have a three-hour show. We are out of time for hour number one. Again, stay tuned. In hour number two, we'll get to those bowl games. We'll also get to Auburn and USC basketball and uh, preview that one for you. Stay tuned. More Sports Call after this timeout. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger FM, and the Tiger Communications app, or if you're listening after the fact on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola, we certainly appreciate you, however you may be tuning into Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Cam Berry with you here 
on this Friday. Coming up a little bit later, either end of this hour or start of next hour, we will get to our game today, which is uh, a bowl game draft. Each of us will select uh, our most exciting, most interesting uh, bowl games for the year. That will be a way to kind of preview the entirety of bowl season a little bit. And then coming up in a few minutes, we will reveal Sports Call's Player of the Week. But we start hour number two with a little preview of Auburn basketballs. They get set to take on USC. The Trojans from Southern California coming in the Neville Arena. Uh, the return trip from last year's game in Los Angeles where Auburn lost a close one dealing with some uh, injuries and that sort of thing that time last year. Uh, lost a close game to USC and this USC team comes in fellas uh, actually not playing great basketball to be quite honest with you I know that the name carries weight I know that they have two or three tremendous players which yeah. we'll talk about in just a second but USC on the year just five and four the resume looks like this they did open as a top 25 team they beat Kansas State and CSU Bakersfield but then they lost to UC Irvine uh, by 10 points back in middle November. They then rebounded to meet Brown. They beat Seton Hall, which is a decent team. A close loss to a still undefeated Oklahoma team, so certainly understand that on neutral floor. They did beat Eastern Washington handily. And then in the month of December, they are 0-2 so far. Uh, a certainly understandable loss to Gonzaga, 89-76, but then a perplexing loss uh, last weekend in the debut of Bronny James when they lost to Long Beach State at home. So a couple of very understandable losses, one or two power conference wins, but also losses to UC Irvine and Long Beach State. So, fellas, what are you thinking about this USC team? And uh, what is the likelihood, what should Auburn expect out of them? Yeah, plenty of plenty of talent right on this roster, especially within the guards. I mean, you have Boogie Ellis, and then you have Isaiah Collier, who is, uh, who's, you know, been – projected in the NBA draft as a potential number one overall pick. So obviously a lot of talent there. Um, I, I think that's really where it is. I mean, I, I, um, I'm pretty sure Trey Donaldson talked about it a little bit after the UNC Asheville game, uh, talking about how this is going to be a challenge for the guards. Boogie Ellis had like 30 point, 30 plus points uh, against Auburn last year. So I think that'll be a pretty, uh, a, a pretty big focal point there, but still you can't ignore Isaiah. Um, I think he's the second leading scorer on the team uh, as of right now. So he, he is a extremely, extremely talented freshman. Um, and then you, you, I mean, you still have to worry about, even though Bronny James, he's a, he's an insane athlete. So you, um, you gotta be able to worry about him just a little bit i know he's still kind of getting into the swing and acclimation of full basketball play but he can shoot the three pretty well um and so they're they're going to want to be attacking they're going to be very forward they're going to be uh they're going to be pushing the tempo pretty hard which could potentially play into auburn's favor as they like to play fast as well um and and so that that could absolutely help but um yeah i i think this is going to be some this is going to be a challenge for the guards this is going to be a challenge um, uh, watching Aiden Holloway and Isaiah Collier go up against each other, that'll be pretty fun to watch, I think. Um, just two, uh, you know, uh, really dynamic guards. Uh, obviously, Isaiah being the number one overall player in, in the class uh, of, uh, of 2023 uh, from, from this class. So a, a, a highly talented player. But watching Aiden go up, against, uh, go up against him will be absolutely good. See how Aiden really um, can react and play on defense. Uh, see how uh, how um, uh, how Trey is going to be able to guard Boogie Ellis because you're going to want to see that matchup as well. 
So it's really focusing on the guards. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the main focal point of, of this game. Bruce Pearl talked earlier today to, to the media, and he pointed out that you know this, this is going to be the, the most talented team that Auburn's seen so far this year. Also, you look at across the board, he, he pointed out that this is that, that USC is bigger at all positions than Auburn is right now. Uh, and so that that's going to be a, a very interesting, uh, in, a very interesting uh, matchup there. Uh, the, I think one thing that plays in Auburn's favor because you look at USC, you know, Ryan, you mentioned the schedule, uh, a couple baffling losses there to uh, to UC Irvine and Long Beach State. Auburn not without their own baffling loss to the to App State. Uh, which Bruce Pearl keeps saying Appy State, which I love calling them Appy State. I, I think that's my that's what I'm going to start calling them from now on as Appy State. Um, the thing here is, is USC comes to Neville Arena. This is their first true road game of the year. They have not they they have not played a true road game yet this year. So this is their first test of a road game, and it's a cross country trip inside uh, Neville Arena, which uh, has been described by many as one of the best college basketball environments right now. Auburn undefeated at home, really haven't been tested at home though. You, you've had a couple lesser opponents uh, come into to Neville so far, and so this is going to be your first marquee home matchup uh, this year. There's going to be a lot of NBA scouts in the building. Uh, there's you know. Uh, Bruce talked about it. Jay Williams is going to be on the call on Saturday. Roxy Bernstein as well. So it's going to be a one of the better ESPN uh, groups that's going to be there. Um, one of the more high-profile uh, ESPN groups that's going to be there. And so this is big. Uh, your ESPN is is having choosing to put this game up against the NFL, which is always big. Um, who knows if uh, LeBron will be there or not? Uh, so this is this is going to be a very very big <sighs> matchup. <laughs> Don't give me hope, Brooks. <laughs> I I think you you look at it. I think what what needs to happen on Saturday or on Sunday is I think Aiden Holloway needs to have a, a repeat performance of what he did last weekend against uh, against Indiana. I think he needs to come out and have a big day uh, scoring the basketball. Uh, but I also think Janai Broom needs to step up. I know we saw Trey Donaldson step up in the midweek and uh, had a really really good performance. But I think that Aiden Holloway and Janai Broom need to be the two guys that come in there. Like I said, USC Bruce Pearl said USC is big all around uh, than than Auburn is. Well, Auburn's biggest guy is Janai Broom, so he's going to have to get in there and have to muscle his way in the paint and uh, and have a big day to compete against the, this USC team. It, it may be, and, and to quote Bruce Pearl, this this is going to be one of the uh, best two guards uh, lineups that you're that you're that Auburn's going to see this year. And so with, with with this this team, I think it's a real advantage that Auburn gets to play this game at home. Yeah, and look, you know, USC size-wise is a little bigger than Auburn. Uh, their big guys are a little bigger. They, they play three of them. Um, their guards are a little longer, so there is length there. Uh, they are a, a guard-heavy team, though. I mean, again, their, their best players are their guards, and Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier, Collier excuse me, and then even Kobe Johnson, who – they list kind of as a forward guard hybrid, but he's 6'5". So he is still more of a guard's uh, size at 6'5", 170. Uh, so even Chad Baker-Mazzara has that yeah. much weight on him. And, and so th- they are a guard-oriented team, and the guards will dictate their success in a lot of ways. They, they do score almost 80 points a game, so scoring has not been a problem. Obviously, they've dropped a couple higher-scoring games, though. But, you know, I, I think that it is relevant. This is their first road game. I do kind of feel like they would have a mentality that would be um, 
pretty apt to handle road environments. Confident guards usually do a little bit better of a job, but we'll see. Uh, Auburn's environment will still be great. I know there is some concern, as you mentioned earlier in the show, Brooks, about Bruce Pearl talking about a lot of the students being gone. I still, I don't know why. I could end up being wrong. I still feel like it's going to be mainly students down there. I know they'll fill up that section because they, they've sold all the tickets and they'll just move people down there and that sort of thing. But I still think that 90% of the student section yeah. will be made up of students because I just think that Bronny James and the cultural impact there is going to be relevant enough. I know if I was in school uh, and I know that even – uh, even if I had already gone home, I would have probably traveled back to Auburn for the Sunday to go to that game. Now, again, they, I know they close some of the dorms and they, they do this, that, and the other thing, but I, me being a huge basketball fan, I would have very likely come back to Auburn for a day to go to that game, go to this kind of game. So uh, I think that they will not have a problem with that personally. I do think the student section will be loaded. It will be a full house overall. And, again, USC is just bearing a lot of media attention this year. And, and Brooks, you pointed out, too, I mean, I, the 50 scouts or so that's is lot. insane. Yeah, that's I'm going to go ahead and break some news. There ain't 50 NBA teams. <laughs> so either some teams have multiple scouts or some other leagues – like uh, I was what? gonna, I was gonna say, and and I was told that not every NBA team is gonna be there too. Okay, so some some are gonna bring the whole whole personnel, but then that means other smaller leagues are are probably getting involved. You said a couple team presidents are gonna be there, and yes, they're there a lot for these USC guys because of someone like Isaiah Collier and Bronny James. But this is a huge opportunity for the likes of Aiden Holloway because Aiden's stock is interesting right now. Right. I think there's the belief that he could really skyrocket, but he has not thus far. I don't recall seeing him in the first round when I looked at one or two big boards a week or two ago. But that, again, I feel like there is skyrocket potential in his stock. And if he were to go outperform Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier, or at least go toe-to-toe, then that will be pretty big to do that in front of all those scouts. Agreed. So... Uh, this is a huge opportunity for him. Now, that I also make I also make that a cautionary tear, tale. Excuse me. Don't shoot seven thirty footers when if, if you're struggling. Uh, you know, th- this is a this is a use the environment to your advantage, Let not the game your come to you. Yeah, not yeah uh, to use it to your advantage and don't let it get the best of you. And so. He, he will have a moment or two that will be very interesting to see if he'll take the heat check or not. Uh, and unless he's already hit two or three in a row, as I said the other day, and I went on a spiel about it, don't take the heat check unless you're truly hot. So uh, this will be an important moment for him. And I know that this Auburn team, as Brooks also said, you know they did play Virginia Tech at home. And the way USC is playing, I'm not sure that Virginia Tech's that far behind USC. I think they are in talent. But in what's actually happening on the court, I don't think they're that far behind them. But again, this is a more formidable team because of their, their guard options and just, again, the preseason hype around them. Uh, but but this will this will be a lot of fun for sure. I think it will be a higher scoring game. I think it'll probably be pretty up-tempo. I think both teams will look to push the pace. USC's not going to want to get bogged down, having to deal with crowd. Auburn's guys have been running a lot more this year than they were in years past. 
Uh, so, I, again, I think this will be a pretty high-octane college basketball game. And, again, with all those eyeballs on it, uh, it will be a lot of fun to watch for sure. We're going to take our first time out here of the 4 o'clock hour. When we come back, we'll go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger Welcome back to Sports Call and Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, Brooks Childress with you here on this Friday afternoon, turning to evening. Again, reminder, Smith Station basketball coming up 5 o'clock or so on FM Talk 93.9. Voices Smith Station's Panthers, Brant Daughtry on the call of that one. For now, on this show on this Friday, let's go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 Next up on the show, Ward Dam Steve. Retire Ward Dam Steve is with us. Steve, how are you today? Yeah, food, guys. It's Friday. It's Fun Friday, right? Fun Friday, indeed. And uh, good afternoon to uh, Mr. Uh, Brooks and uh, Mr. Dam. Uh, yes, sir. Hey, yes, sir. How are you doing, Steve? Okay, guys, I'm laughing because apparently, you know, there is no connection whatsoever between having a lot of money and being smart. I just saw this from a Bleacher Report, and I said, let me, let me click on the link here. And what caught my attention says, one better at Caesar Sports in New York wagered, hold on to your seats, guys, $70,000 on the charges plus three last night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they don't have $70,000 today. Yeah, I bet that didn't work out. I mean, you know, I thought, you know, I wasn't the sharpest knife, you know, in the in the kitchen there when I used to uh, have some of my bad days. But what did this person think? What did they know that made him put $70,000 on this team? I said, that's mind-boggling. To have that kind of money just you know just thrown away. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's I guess it's the the rush of adrenaline to be on pins and needles like that. But uh, you know that obviously, needless to say, what uh, should not have been a forty something point game. Uh, that was unbelievable. I think one did somebody in the office take the Chargers? Did I hear that somebody? No, may, I don't know. Oh may, gosh, we do NFL picks. Are they and the I, ones that bet seventy thousand? No, well, we don't have seventy thousand to bet. I promise you that. So okay, uh, yeah, I, I can't. If I had a lot of money, I don't think I would blow it like that. I, I, in fact, I know I wouldn't blow it like that. But again, guys that have it to blow, they they can figure out a lot of different ways. I just saw. I just saw a pass. I said, "Gee, my knee." Uh, I just can't believe that some people 
and just that kind of money just to throw it away like that on a game. So anyway, sixty three twenty one guys. When I saw that, I said, "Surely this can't be right." Uh, it looked like a basketball score. Yeah, no, I, I said the story at the beginning of the show. I was coming out of a movie. I saw Hunger Games last night, and uh, I, I got back home around ten o'clock, and I looked at the ESPN app, and it said sixty three to seven. And I thought surely the ESPN app was just having a moment, so I clicked on the actual box score and saw all the touchdowns. I was like, "Wow, that's real!" Went to Twitter, saw Staley was getting buried as he should, and uh, that that was that. That's the second truly stunning game like that this year. Also, also that Miami Denver game earlier. And what's even more astounding, <laughs> uh, I didn't know this until I read a Bleach report. The Raiders have been blanked in their previous game. Yes, yeah. they won, they lost three to zero um, against the Vikings the game before. Well, that was the game. That's right. And yet they managed to score sixty three points the following yeah. week. Yeah, it was a uh, it tied the the week before they tied the lowest scoring game in NFL history, and then the very next week they set a franchise record in points scored. Okay, just real quickly, guys, because I didn't see the game. Was this the result of just really bad bad defense on the Chargers' part? <laughs> good offense on the Raiders' part. I mean, uh, uh, really, the the Raiders' defense scored two touchdowns. Um, okay, based off turnovers, uh, the Chargers were playing a backup quarterback, so you know that you know that I mean, he Justin Herbert's done for the season. So, and they didn't have their leading wide receiver either. So they they were going through it on the offensive side of the ball, and then their leading their one of their better uh, pass rushers was also injured. So they just have injuries all over the board. But it shouldn't have ever been that bad of a uh, of of a of a beatdown. In all honesty. Okay, moving on, guys. Uh, and I enjoyed the beatdown that we gave uh, Wednesday night. Uh, now about the upcoming game. Oh, well, before I go there, you know, I heard your comments. I think things you, Kim, about uh, some people uh, making uh, comments about the announcers. And uh, I'm about to, to – I haven't listened to, uh, to, to, the, uh, uh, to our, our people because they weren't hardly even talking about uh, the players most of the time. In fact, um, if I didn't know it better, I thought it was a show uh, to market – uh, you know, from the Chamber of Commerce for uh, Huntsville. <laughs> uh, did, did you listen to those guys? I mean, it was incredible. I didn't listen. I did see on Twitter that they were, you know, there were complaints from um, from Auburn fans saying, you know, that they weren't really co- talking about the game at all or much whatsoever. No, no they're having conversations they, about yeah, everything else. They were, they were really, and I know the city of, of Huntsville, like, paid for that game and stuff like that, so I think that they were really trying to kind of market Huntsville a little bit as well. Which I was about is, to say, eh, the, I don't love that. I wish they'd play, you know, talk about the game more, but yeah. The, the thing is, is like Cam said, the, the city of Huntsville Sports Commission put the event on and had everything. And I'll tell you what, up until like a couple weeks ago, the game wasn't even going to be on TV because uh, the Von Braun Center is not a uh, not a place that hosts ESPN Plus. They don't do, you know, any any sort of ESPN events there. The only sporting event that's usually there is, is minor league hockey. And so it was it was the city of Huntsville, the Huntsville Sports Commission, that was able to get ESPN Plus uh, set up there. And, and get this broadcast going and so it was you know it, it was really a, a they they 
were able to get that uh, a little bit more to kind of market the city of Huntsville there. Uh, I, you know, I was I was there, Steve, so I didn't get to watch the broadcast. And I, I you know, just you were fortunate <laughs> so from from some of the things that I've seen and, and some of the highlights I've seen. Yeah, they could have gone a little bit more on the side of uh, on on the side of. Uh, talking a little bit more about the game, but you know, uh, when when you've got an event like that, when when a, when you've got the the title sponsor there uh, wanting to promote things, uh, you know, they're 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 going to get their times in. And I, I just want to point out that a lot of people, you know, uh, people were you know really love the Manning cast on on Monday Night Football, and say, and a lot of people were like, we need more of this, we need more of this. Well, this was more of that, uh, and and nobody liked it. Uh, I don't want any more of it. Uh, and just one last comment on this: you know, if if the announcers were just you know, god awful, then we had to contend with. Uh, I mean, I've seen probably high school video productions better than what was going on Wednesday night. It'd be bright sometimes, then you go back to be real dark. Well, again, it was an ESPN Plus broadcast that was thrown that they they got they were able to get get there within the last two weeks. So you're you're you know hiring people that you know aren't usually doing the the these types of games and aren't usually but you can't doing keep that. the video at least consistently you know at one level to be dark real dark and then go back back to being bright and say okay all right uh, enough of that um, guys about the upcoming game Sunday uh, I know that. Uh, USC has lost, was it five games they've lost? And they're five and four. They've lost four. Four games. Okay. So, what kind of matchup is this for us, good or bad? And, uh, Ryan, since you were right on spot on the 25 point margin win that we had, uh, I think you could put Phil Steele to shame. But, uh, what would you make the line right now? Because I haven't seen the line yet. Well, I'm still no Nostradamus, so let's let's not go there. But, I, you know, I, I, I think that. This is a guard-to-guard matchup. I think this game is about USC's really good guards, Boogie Ellis and Isaiah, Isaiah Collier, as well as a little bit of, of Bronny James. I think that he will have a role off the bench, but again, I don't don't expect him to be playing 30 minutes or anything because they have two other really great guards. Uh, and so this will be important moments for Aiden Holloway, for Trey Donaldson, Denver Jones, that company of crew. Uh, and, and I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. And I, I'm not really sure at this point in the year – uh, if higher scoring is better or lower scoring, I do know that Auburn's offense is capable of many things. So I, I would tend to say higher scoring is better. But uh, you know, again, any any one off game can can change the equation a little bit. I would think that Auburn would be favored by I don't know six points or so, maybe seven at home. Uh, I think it would be mid to upper single digits that they'd be favored by. Okay, so you see this is a pretty uh, tight game then. Yeah, I would be surprised if Auburn blew them out. If Auburn blew out USC, then I think Auburn's, uh, again, truly advanced past a certain level already. And if they can blow out USC after blowing out Indiana the weekend before, I think that looks a lot like a top-20 team to me. Okay. Well, according to team rankings, they give us a 77% chance of winning the game, and they rank USC 36. They rank us number 14 in the country, if that tells you anything. Sure. Yeah, a lot of the metrics do love Auburn. Okay. Um, what about the three-point shots? Do they do very much of that, or how good are they? Yeah, no, again, they're. I think they're about 34 35% three-point team, so a little above Auburn's. And, again, Boogie Ellis, Collier's not shooting great from three, but Boogie Ellis is like 46% from three or something, and he shoots a lot of them. So uh, they definitely have three-point acumen. What do you know about their free-throw percentage? 
I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, I, again, with the guard heavy team that they have, they'd pro- I would, I think USC would hope to be at least in the low seventies. Uh, they're seventy one percent, so that's right in the middle of the country, one eighty eighth. Okay, and you gentlemen are going to the game? Uh, Brooks is and Campbell. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, all right. Uh, well, I hope you have an enjoyable time. So, um, moving on, guys. You know, I was uh, I was taken aback to see that Javaris Johnson. You know, you've already talked about it. Is going to the portal. I mean, he was uh, the, the go-to receiver for most of the, uh, the, this season uh, with Peyton Thorne. And so, I can't figure out why would he not just stick it out for one last year with Auburn instead of going somewhere else, guys? Can you please? Uh, make sense of that for me. Yeah, I mean, again, I think that there is probably some sort of position battle going on, not only between him and Jay Fair, because, I mean, Jay Fair did not quite have as many yards, but he did have more catches than Johnson this year. Uh, And then also with Georgia State wide receiver transfer Robert Lewis coming in, who is more of a slot guy. And, I mean, again, guys like Caleb Burton, uh, the guys that they will bring into this program – there's going to be a lot of competition. I think the moral of the story is the way the wide receiver core performed for Auburn. Uh, no one's spot is guaranteed next year, and and that should be that way when you're coming from a from a position group as weak as it was. So yes, I, I agree that is the first truly surprising entry into the portal. Uh, but again, you're still talking about a group of players that ultimately. Uh, did not produce enough, and and even Javarius Johnson. I mean, nineteen catches, three hundred forty-seven yards in a year. Yes, that was good for what Auburn had last year. That is not necessarily a number that is irreplaceable, though. Okay, uh, fair enough. And I'm very, very, very relieved to see that Asante uh, is returning. Yeah, that's a big get for the defensive side of the ball. All right, then we've got this coming week. Uh, according to Jason Caldwell, we've got five people to pay attention to uh, who we might be able to uh, get commitments from. Guys, how, 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 how successful do you, do you see these uh, recruits that, you know, I'm talking to five and four-star people? Ryan Williams, of course, is one of them. Right. Again, I, I want to continue to emphasize that, that that will not be made official to February with Ryan Williams. That's right. So, so it was birthday, didn't it? Uh, well, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that about his birthday, but again, it's about him reclassifying and getting some academic stuff under work. So that is more of a necessity to, to do that in February rather than December. So that is somebody that, well, no matter what he says, where he's still leaning at this point, the final decision's not coming until February for him. I think that the one to watch, and there might be a couple, to, but the one or two to watch for committing this weekend rather than Wednesday might be someone like Amaris Williams, the defensive lineman, four-star defensive lineman that's currently committed to Florida. I believe he is visiting again this weekend. Right. Uh, that's somebody that did get a crystal ball from, I believe, Jeffrey Lee of Auburn Live. I respect Jeffrey Lee and Cole Pinkston and, and, and Christian Clemente and all those guys that cover recruiting in this area, really. So uh, I think when picking up on some of the smoke from, from those fires, I, I think that Amaris Williams is a, is a improving bet to become an Auburn commit. Okay. All right. Now, about the, the off schedule, guys. I know you've seen it. Um, I, I was uh, struck by several things. One, we are only one of two SEC teams that would be playing no home games in October. Who's the other SEC team? Florida. Now, I don't know who made up these things or how they came to this and said, wow, no games in October at home. And then in the god-awful September, because uh, I've lived in Oklahoma for 10 years, and in September 
those games are not exactly mild and uh, cool. Uh, they're, they're rather at times uh, pretty pretty hot. Uh, and then I saw the teams that were put on our schedule. I said, you know, wow, we don't have any of our traditional rivalries that we uh, that I was hoping we'd have. No Mississippi teams. In fact, that hasn't happened since 1936. And then uh, we have no LSU, and we also um, this has been a traditional rivalry. No Florida in there. Um, I'm really kind of taken back. I was kind of disappointed. Instead, we get done at Vanderbilt and Kentucky. And who's the other team? Uh, Missouri. And but Steve, Missouri. you knew the SEC opponents. Those were announced months ago. We talked about it on the show. Those those opponents are no surprise. It was the the order in which they played it. That was the that was the big reveal th- this past Wednesday. And uh, you know, so again, we all again. I if you had forgotten or didn't know, I mean, again, we. I guess I forgot about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, how they got picked. What what do you make of no home games in the month of October? Yeah, I, I do think it's a little unfortunate. Um, obviously, starting with five straight at home, you're going to create a situation where you do have a, a string of road games at that point. But uh, I, yes, obviously, in a perfect world, you, you balance everything perfectly, and you you have one here and one there and that sort of thing. But uh, I think ultimately the schedule worked out very well for Auburn. At least there is that bye week so that after the Georgia game, you can kind of go back to the drawing board, regroup for two very important 50-50 type of games at Missouri and at Kentucky uh, to try and, and get going again. There is the two bye weeks this year, uh, so you'll get one of those early November. And, uh, you know, I, again, I yes, there there are some things that we're, we are forced to live with, uh, like those – uh, Mississippi schools not being on the schedule every year. That's something that, unfortunately, the whole league is going to go through to some degree. That's also why I feel it is very important to expand to nine conference games at some point and have three protected opponents. But Auburn is still playing Alabama. Auburn is still playing Georgia. Uh, those are the two very most important things. Doesn't mean there's not other important things. But, uh, you know, again, I think that this schedule, at least, at least in terms of difficulty, came out on the easier end of things. And if, if you look at it, Steve, uh, recently, very, very recently, 2019, Auburn did not have a home game in the month of October. 2019, Auburn went to Florida, had a bye week, went to Arkansas, went to LSU, did not have a home game in, in 2019, so it's in, in October. So it's not this, this big foreign concept. It's been very recently that's happened. Okay, Butch, please do not confuse me with your facts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, real quickly, guys, about bowl games. I saw that DJ James will not be playing. He's going to obviously go to the NFL draft and play in senior bowl. And so you were talking about bowl games. I'm no longer excited about bowl games, guys, because how I see it now is the regular season teams are not who you're going to be seeing in bowl games any longer. People opting out and – that's not what I'm used to. Um, you know, yeah, it's not the good old days. I mean, they matter. They used to matter. At least they matter to me and to my friends, uh, you know, how well we're going to do the bowl games. But these are not the regular season teams any longer. Uh, what's your take, guys? Yeah, I mean, no, I think that's a fair sentiment. I do think that that is echoed by many. I will always value the opportun- opportunity to watch Auburn play football. I mean, plain and simple. I, I know that's at the bare bones uh, basic level, but – a lot of those guys are still going to be a part of the program next year. If anything, it weeds out the guys that are not going to be a part of your program next year. You're looking at more 
futuristic guys. And I understand that the bowl game used to mean the culmination of a season and, and compare yourself to other leagues and that sort of thing. And again, I think that's why I think it's a very fair uh, feeling to have. Uh, but again, I still think there's tremendous value in getting the opportunity to practice three more weeks with a, with a group of guys that is going to be there next year and, and try to improve on those things. And, and you also know that just about everyone's in the same boat. So most of the time, now there will be some exceptions where one team just has a gross amount of transfers versus another or, or players not participating versus another. But it's also an opportunity for coaches to kind of show off some development of some younger guys and, and what you have waiting in the wings. And, and a lot of times you can be on a pretty similar playing field in, in terms of that. So I, I still cherish every opportunity to, to watch them play. And uh, there's just not enough of these things to be able to be picking and choosing which ones to, to care a lot about and which ones to kind of ignore a little bit. Well, I'm still going to watch them, especially uh, Auburn. Well, what I guess we're getting at is it won't be the Auburn I'm – uh, watching that I'm used to, you know, say, okay, let's see how good we really are compared to this team because, well, some of our players are not. Uh, well, sure, but also I would I would argue that at six and six, what what kind of huge difference does it make? I mean, I understand in a record wise, you don't want to be below five hundred, but whether you win with eighty percent of your team or a hundred percent of your team, I mean, you still ended up at either seven or six wins. So I don't think that it meant to revise history and say Auburn was some awesome team this year, nor were they some awful team. I mean. I, I think that the you have to be pretty up pretty high up the bowl ladder uh, for for that that kind of thinking to, to play out. Okay. Well, my last comment on that one is it's going to come down to eventually where the 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 regular season team players are primarily going to be the ones that are in the playoffs. And probably the other teams are you know just going to have some some players uh, from regular season opting out. Uh, and I don't know how often that will be, but it just you know, they won't. It won't be as meaningful. It looks like to me to a lot of players uh, these bowl games uh, as it would be for the players who play in the playoff games. Sure, sure. And again, I think a lot of people would would echo that with you there, Steve. We we've got another That's phone it. call to get to, so need Hi, to guys. yes, sir. Thanks for your time. My time is way up. Uh, hope you guys uh, they're going to the game. will enjoy the game, and I look forward to seeing how we match up with them. So until uh, Monday, Monday's a shortened day, right? Uh, yes, it is. And also wanted to pass along because the next caller is going to be Matt. Matt said hello to you, by the way. Okay. War Eagle to Matt. Yes, sir. And uh, we'll guys. be a shortened show on Monday, as you said. Yes. Have a good afternoon and evening, and uh, stay safe, and uh, War Eagle to you. War Eagle, see. Appreciate that phone call. That is Retire Ward AM Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. One more quick phone call before we take Another break, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Next up, Matt from Tallahassee. Matt is with us. Matt, how are you today? It's Brooke. Cam. What's up, man? How's it going? Cam, I missed you, man. <laughs> I missed you too, Matt. Hey, but Tom, Tom missed you behaving, though. Uh, is he? I, not, not on our watch. I think yeah, he's I think been Tom's okay. Been pretty good. Well, he's been kind of good. But, hey, but Cam, Tom's girlfriend owes a lot of money, though. Oh, does she? Yep. I'll, I'll be sure to, to mention that next time I see her. Yeah, she got to come on and do a trivia question because she's always working. Yeah. Hey. Hey, Brooke, hey, Brooke tell Cam how much he owes us so far. Oh, I, I've lost count, Matt. You, you've raised that number quite a bit. 
It's over a hundred dollars, Cam. Yeah, that's a lot. It's hefty. Hey, I was going to ask you a question. By the way, Steve, thank you for saying War Eagle. War Eagle, back to you. Um, I was going to ask you guys about one of the schedule like, teams that are playing. What do you guys think about playing in California next year in football at Auburn? Because we beat them, we beat them last year in, in California. And then what do you guys think about um, Scott coming back for Auburn's football team? And then who is the best player for Auburn to guard LeBron James' son on Sunday? And I'll be at the game. And, Bruce, I know you and Cam would be at the game. But every time I try to see you guys, I don't see you guys. But Well, yeah, uh, usually it's because uh, we all have, have jobs to do. Yeah, I mean, we we man. Uh, had what, side, what side are you guys on? What side are you guys on? It really, it really depends. I don't even know. I might have assigned seating, so I don't even know where I'm going to be yet. It, especially on the on, in in my area. But and well, look for me with an Auburn Santa Claus hat on and like uh, a number one jersey, and I'll be kind of up in like it's like two sixteen or something like that. All right, I got gotcha. you. So, hey, so what do you guys think about us playing California, and what do you guys think about Scott coming back for the football team? And yeah. Who, and who's the best player to guard LeBron James' son? Yeah, so uh, first with Auburn Cal, uh, that was a two-year contract to, to play one in Berkeley, one in Auburn, so been looking forward to that return trip for Cal. Obviously, Auburn would like to win in more convincing fashion than they did uh, last year, but always enjoy playing I guess the ACC teams now. Uh, Keontae Scott uh, is a big returning for Auburn. Auburn was going to be and still might be a little thin in the secondary, losing a lot of players uh, who are out of eligibility in that back end. So Keontae Scott coming back uh, is no small thing for Auburn. And then guarding Bronny James, uh, you know, I think that it will probably be uh, maybe some Katie Johnson. Uh, maybe some Denver Jones, uh, depending on the lineup. Uh, maybe Trey Donaldson, but it'll be one of those guards because Bronny is a guard, and uh, they'll probably have some two and three guard lineups that they that they throw uh, out there. So, so, so Brooke or Cam, but you guys don't see Javon Broom guarding Javon James' son? No, I don't. No, they play different positions. So, so uh, Janai will probably be on the bigs, and I, I, I'd probably see you know somebody like Chad Baker Mazzara or uh, or maybe Jalen Williams, maybe match matching up on him. Uh, I, I could yeah. see somewhere along the lines of that. Uh, 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 not not as big of a big like that. Yeah. Well, I know you guys. I know you guys got to go, but hey, Bert, I got some good news to tell you. All right. From my baseball, you know where the Birmingham. Uh, Buccaneers play in Birmingham on their field for Major League Baseball. The the Birmingham Barons. Yeah. Yeah, Regents Park. Uh, um, the good news is you guys are gonna love this. All right. Um, we're the team I play for, for the Auburn Pilots. We're gonna be playing the guy that started the baseball. He's thinking he's trying to work and see if we can play on their on their baseball field. And also, he's the guy's doing that started the league, the team for baseball uh, playing. He's also trying to get us to play on the uh, Montgomery Biscuits uh, on baseball on film. Wow, that'd be fun. Yeah, so like uh, maybe um, 
when I find out the dates and stuff like that, maybe you guys can maybe you guys can come and, and watch me play. Yeah, we'll have to see if that works out. Yeah, and stuff like that, but uh, and so, so but hey, Cam, uh, I've been trying, I've been trying, trying to talk to Brooke and Ryan and Tommy get you back on the show and uh, and get Tavon Reed and JJ and Cadillac, Cadillac on, and yeah. Cadillac on 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 the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been pretty busy, and those guys are very, very busy, especially right now. You know, they're trying to recruit and, and make Auburn a better football yeah. program. Well, um, well, well, well Brooks uh, Brooke and Ryan, I promise you, they're going to try to get Cadillac. Right, Ryan? Right, Brooks? Uh, certainly going to try. Yeah, they're, they're, again, Cadillac's pretty busy, you know, being being associate head coach and being head of the running backs and doing all that recruiting and stuff. You know, he's trying to make well, Auburn as best Devon as possible. Reed? Trevon's out there recruiting as well, trying to do as much as he can. He's a busy guy. Yeah. So, I know you guys got to go and stuff like that, but where do you guys see probably Robbie Ashford transferring to? Do you guys see him at Jacksonville State or going back to Oregon? Or Jackson, Jackson State, or where do you guys think he'll go? I don't think he'll go back to Oregon. Jacksonville State could be an option. Uh, you know, you look at some of the schools that recruited him. Jacksonville State did recruit him out of high school. Uh, looking at some of the smaller schools, but uh, you know, it, it could be a possibility he goes and goes to uh, Jacksonville State. Kind of stays closer to home. Can you probably go to UAB? I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to be next year, but uh, it's a possibility. Do you know? Do you know Cam or Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he is from uh, from Birmingham. Uh, UAB oh, had yeah. Jacob Zeno as their quarterback this year, who I think they were very happy with. I'll have to double check on his eligibility, but I do think Robbie Ashford will be moving to a small conference school uh, or to the FCS level, one of the two, uh, and, and yeah. go somewhere where he has the opportunity to compete for the starting job. Well, this, this is the last thing, and so, but this question is for all three of you guys. And do you guys, I know we blew out, but I can't, like, by the way, Cam, me and my dad went to Atlanta to watch Auburn put a whooping on Indiana. That was nice. That's what's up. I'm glad you enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it was good. But the question is, do you guys think that Auburn can score a hundred and something points against um, the game, um, the game on Sunday. Yeah, probably not. I, I do think Auburn's ceiling, obviously, is that they can, and on a home court they can. And I think it'd be a pretty high scoring game overall. But a hundred points does not grow on trees in college basketball. So I think something probably more in the eighties. Yeah. Hey, hey. I I tell you guys this. Uh, Kat, uh, KD was on fire when he hit the threes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's, and, that's a great sight to see. And he's a junior, right? Uh, KD, oh, I think he's, this is his fourth year of college ball. Again, I, I I think he probably has a COVID year available to him, but I, but I think he's actually a senior. Well, hey, I'll, hey, Cam, are you going to be on the show Monday? No, I will not, actually. I'm, I'm having a surgery on Monday as well, so I, I, won't, uh, I, I, won't, I won't be around. I, I might well, not even I'll, be on I'll Wednesday. I'll charge you a dollar then. <laughs> charge me a dollar? <laughs> All right, that's, I, I'll I'll take that. I can I can but I can hey, pay that. Hey, you ever talk to Tom's girlfriend? Tell her you need to get on show to you know, ask you some trivia. Okay, I'll let her know. Hey, you guys have a good day and Merry Christmas and War Eagle. Merry yeah, Christmas, Merry Christmas War, Eagle. And War Eagle. That is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt for Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line right there. Appreciate that phone call from Matt. Only a couple of minutes left here in the hour. 
Uh, again, coming up in the third hour, we're going to devote uh, just about all of that to uh, the, the bowl season and in a way previewing the games, but also kind of selecting uh, our little uh, kind of drafts of the most exciting bowl matchups. So that's coming up in hour number three. But in these last few minutes, want to go ahead and reveal this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. Auburn point guard Aiden Holloway is Sports Call's Player of the Week. The true freshman broke out of his shooting slump in a big way during the holiday hoops-giving event in Atlanta over the weekend, leading Auburn to a dominant 104-76 win over Indiana. In the win, Holloway shot 7 of 11 from the field, including 5 of 8 from three-point range, and nailed all five of his free-throw attempts to score 24 points, tying for the team lead. For his performance, Holloway was awarded SEC Freshman of the Week by the conference. Aiden Holloway is Sports Call's Player of the Week. So there you have it, Aiden Holloway wins Sports Call Player of the Week. It was a really a dead-even vote between him and Jalen Williams, who are an SEC Player of the Week. There was a couple of tremendous performances. Again, this is back for the Indiana game. This does not include uh, the UNC Asheville game on Wednesday. Uh, but Aiden Holloway, I'll tell you what, too, uh, while Williams, again, really did it uh, with passing and rebounding on top of the scoring, the timeliness – of Holiday or Holloway's, excuse me, early threes to kind of keep Auburn. Yes, I know afloat. down twelve is not usually that close, but to just kind of keep them around for a little while until everything could get going uh, was pretty timely stuff. Important for him to get going early in that game. Absolutely, it was clutch. It was much needed for him to, uh, you know, for him to be able to do that and kind of let the rest of the offense catch up and let Indiana kind of regress as well as they started out so hot. Uh, shooting from threes so <laughs> excuse me uh so yeah it was uh it, it was very clutch for him to be able to do that uh you know kind of speaks to the type of player that he is that he's able to step up in those moments especially as a freshman yeah and so Aiden Holloway is this week's sports call player of the week uh, I would say normally in a decisive win there'd be a lot of candidates from Auburn uh for this week already but everyone was so balanced for the most part in Huntsville that uh, this USC game would mean a lot to it if someone's able to have uh, a big game for the Tigers. And, of course, uh, you know the, we'll see if Auburn can, of course, win the game first because if they don't, then I'm going to break the news that I'm probably not going to vote for an, <laughs> another Auburn player to win player of the week this week. But, uh, you know, maybe we, maybe we get player of the week to Brandon Staley for uh, giving up a million points to the Raiders who did not score the week prior. Uh, that's a – uh, still a mind-boggling result from last night's game. Well, it's the we, offensive player of the week for the Raiders. Yeah, uh, for sure. And we usually don't talk much, or we, we usually do talk a lot of NFL on Thursdays. We did not really get to it yesterday because of the shortened show, but uh, that was a Thursday night game that I was going to say, hey, probably shouldn't be watching that. Uh, and then it was 42 to nothing at half, and for a whole other reason you shouldn't be watching that. Uh, other than to see if Brandon Staley would end up being the first coach fired at halftime in an NFL game. But uh, that was a, a pretty unwatchable game last night. We will have some better primetime action coming up uh, this weekend uh, as there will be some some bigger matchups and uh, hopefully not an Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell type of game. So we'll be looking into some of those games for sure this weekend. We are out of time here for hour number two. Again, stay tuned. In hour number three, we will be talking about the bowl season and talking about all the bowl matchups. We'll do our bowl game draft coming up after this timeout. You're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Hour number three of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Brooks Childress with you here on this Friday. And we're going to mix things up here a little bit for hour number three. And we're going to have a little bit of a bull mania of sorts where we are going to draft what we think are some of the most interesting, entertaining bowl games here in the 2023 season. And so... Uh, this is going to be a little bit subjective to what each individual deems as exciting and, and worth drafting. I mean, just like any other draft, maybe you draft on potential of game, best and biggest team, biggest need. Is you, the mascot edible? <laughs> is it a pop tart? Yeah, can you eat the sponsor? All that kind of stuff. Um, and, and so, again, how we're going to do it? We will go uh, serpentine because why not? Um, out of the goodness of my heart, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let either Brooks or Cam go first and second. I'll go third, and I'll I'll do a number between one and ten, and have a very unscientific way of choosing which one of you goes first and just second. And you'll get first dibs on what you want as most watchable, most entertaining type of bowl game. I'm going to highly advise you take one of the playoff games to start off with. That would be uh, probably better than taking something like the military bowl or the pinstripe bowl, but uh, to each their own, however they want to build their lineup. And, again, we'll go serpentine, serpentine style. And, uh, and yeah, we'll have a good time with it. So welcome to our bowl game draft. And uh, let's start off right now. So unscientific method, guys. I'm thinking of a number between 1 and 10. And uh, you guys select what number I've got. I'll let you go first, Brooks. Five. Oh, my gosh. That's so evil. Why would you do that? You know what? You know what? I'm going to go. Mm, I forget. Oh. Cam, you know what? I'm not. No, I'm, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you sit there because you did actually guess the number. Five. What is. And yeah, I was like, no, because I was thinking, I was like, what is Ryan's number? I was uh-huh. like, what's his number? Well, and, and of course, it's the five. sports call five yes. at five presented by Southeastern Rangers. That's literally why oh. I thought of that number. And I was like, I was like, is it going to be? I was like five. And I was like. Whatever no, I was, I was thinking of your jersey number. Uh huh. So I was like, "What's?" Oh, that jersey? was my that was yes. Freddie Freeman's number. Yeah, I was trying to think of that. 
But man. of course, Brooks did five. You like, let me go first. You went in the middle, yeah. man. Boo. Well, we, this should be good because we're already getting spicy on us. But again, Southeastern Land Group is the proud presenting sponsor <laughs> of the Sports Call 5 at 5. Let, Brent, let Brian Watts and John, John Harden excuse me, help you with all of your local land needs. Call John Harden at 334-524-2756 or call Brian Watts at 334-707-4273. All right. So Brooks gets first pick, Cam second. I will go third. We'll go serpentine style. I will use a pen to mark off what each individual has selected. Brooks, what's your first overall selection in the bowl draft? All right, well, I, I want to select something that I could eat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the top draft pick to start things off because I don't want to you know jump in with my heart uh, to start things. My first selection is going to be between two teams that if you put their rankings together, it also equals five. Ah. Uh, number two Washington, number three Texas in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Michael Penix versus Quinn Ewers, uh, just an elite quarterback matchup. Texas is currently favored right now by four points, uh, and so I, I think that that could be a, a really really fun football game uh, to cap off your your new year's day action yeah that's fair man uh that's gonna be a fun one we'll be breaking down that match up here in a couple weeks cam what you got your first Brooks, overall pick i wanted that one <laughs> you shouldn't have let me go well first. yeah clearly yeah you're you're just uh <laughs> i see why brant talks about you the way he does whoa yeah wow. it's yeah, not usually with great esteem but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and i guess since brooks took brooks took what i wanted I'm going to go ahead and take the Rose Bowl. Michigan against Alabama should be a good game. Uh, you know, Michigan figuring out, or I guess Alabama figuring out how to stop Michigan's run game, uh, see how dynamic that offense is. I think it'll be a pretty re- a pretty decent defensive battle as well. Should be a high-quality game. Um, and, um, yeah, it should, should be a good one. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Again, those are two of the biggest brands in the sport. They are first and second all-time in most amount of wins and and so that is going to be a a big time matchup again we will be talking about that a good bit uh, as we get closer to the new year Uh, i would third overall pick i I could go different uh i will not i also get the fourth pick so you kind of do whatever luxury uh i am going to take the national championship game uh and just hope that it's not the absolute (laughs) uh shellacking that it was last year that game was so bad. I feel like people forget TCU did win a game to get there. Like a lot of people have right. thought, oh, you know, I think you shouldn't have put TCU, and they beat Michigan. I, I, yeah. I get they so Michigan shouldn't have gone. I mean, <laughs> I mean, so again, they did accomplish something in the playoff to get to that point. However, yes, that was the most unwatchable championship game I've ever seen. I was watching it at a local sports bar, and I departed from local sports bar in the second quarter. Yes, not even at halftime. I went to a friend's house. We had on in the background as we played cornhole, and and that's how the the rest of the night went. Uh, so I'll take the national championship game, praying for anything other than that uh, from last year. Uh, Next up, so for my fourth overall pick, you got some New Year's Six Bowls here. Uh, I'm tempted to take the highest-ranked game, but maybe I'm like the committee, and I'm scared Florida State's not going to be close at all either. So I'm going to go with a contrast in styles. I'm going to go with the Peach Bowl and go Ole Miss and Penn State. Is Penn State capable of beating someone really good 
outside of their league because they can't beat anyone really good in their own league. They don't beat Ohio State yearly. They don't beat Michigan every year. And then for Ole Miss, kind of feels similar. They haven't been beating Alabama. They had to play Georgia this year, got steamrolled. Penn State's more of a ground-and-pound team, although Drew Aller is getting some buzz and people do seem to like him. I certainly didn't like him against Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, And then Ole Miss is a high-octane type of team, like score, go quick. So contrasting styles, teams that need to beat somebody big. I'll take Ole Miss and Penn State and Peach Bowl. I'm going to go camp. ahead. I'm going to go ahead and take the Cotton Bowl, uh, the Missouri and uh, against uh, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, you know, a, a big brand, obviously a team that was close to making the playoff. Uh, Missouri, obviously, just because of how their schedule ended up working out, did not ever have a path, but they finished ninth, and they were a good up and coming, you know, program. Drinkowitz really got things right and going. Um, no Kyle McCord, so they don't have their quarterback. Ohio, Ohio State does not, um, but should be interesting to see who get who ends up taking that role and and being the starter. But uh, should still be a pretty decent game, I think, and uh, should be fun to watch. All right, so Cam with the Cotton Bowl, two more New Year's Six bowls available, and Brooks, you can take them both if you'd like. I could, I, I could go with, with with both of them, but you know, the, you look at both of those games, there's some upsides to it. Maybe Liberty makes it a game with Oregon. Maybe Oregon, uh, maybe Florida State comes out really motivated that they weren't in the playoff uh, this year. I'm actually going to pass up on the first New Year Six Bowl for this first pick at least. And I'm going to go down and I'm going to take uh, the Alamo Bowl uh, with Arizona and Oklahoma. You, I really like okay. what Jed Fish dish, this, did this year. Uh, Oklahoma was a really, really solid program, but now Dylan Gabriel no longer there as he's entered the transfer portal. I want to see how they uh, shape things out. Can Arizona finish off a really good season uh, beating a top 15 Oklahoma team? I want to give Brooks a clap real quick. I know this can sound like a Pat McAfee show <laughs> topic, but uh, I, this is the right time to mention that, A, Brooks called Arizona being good this year, which was random but he was right on it and then also we do office picks all year long internally between all of us all of the guys that you hear in sports call uh i guess except for tom and we do college and pro picks and college picks obviously already completed and brooks childress did win a college pick so again we're gonna give a clap brooks Brooks. good at picking things very tight race congrats on that need to give you your love so there you go brooks thank you so much a round of applause Thank you. Thank you, Cam. Uh, now I'm going to go back to the New Year's Six Bowl games uh, with my next pick. Uh, and I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take the uh, the Oregon Liberty game uh, because I, I, I really want to see Bo Nix go out on a, on a high note. See if Liberty... You know, everyone's been talking about, oh, why did Liberty get in over SMU? They didn't play anybody. Can Liberty... I, I want to see if Liberty can hang around with Oregon and, and kind of, you know, say, hey... They, they did belong in this game. They won all their football games, uh, and, and I think that that could be a, a really fun game out in, in uh, Glendale. All right, Brooks, that was a nice picks there. Cam, what you got? So I would go with the with the Orange Bowl, but I the Orange Bowl feels like that top prospect a, that keeps falling. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's, it's yes, the yeah, Will Levis of this yeah, class. I feel like it's gonna gotta be a beatdown, so I'm not gonna pick that game. I'm actually gonna go with the Citrus Bowl. I'm gonna see uh, Tennessee going against Iowa. Should be interesting as Tennessee, you know, uh, uh, it's supposed to be a high octane offense. Wasn't 
great, but they hung around in the top 25 throughout the entirety of the season. So, you know, they were obviously a quality team. Kind of the same thing with Iowa, though. Iowa has a fantastic defense. They have zero offense. So, uh, should be interesting to see the contrast of styles. Will the Iowa defense be able to slow down Tennessee? Uh, we'll definitely find out. Will Tennessee, I mean, I, I mean, I think Iowa's offense will slow themselves down. So, it's really a matter of how low scoring can Iowa keep this game. All right, so this is where we start to leverage off because there are like four games I'd like to take here. <laughs> now, I do get two spots here, so that's exciting. Do I let Georgia and Florida State keep dropping? Man, it is an Orange Bowl. What if something weird did happen? I just don't know what. how weird can it get, honestly. Because uh, yeah. you're yeah. – <laughs> I, Yep, you said it all right there. I agree. There. <laughs> yes, as well. I will go ahead and take – the Orange Bowl, because it still is five versus six. And look, as unlikely as it is, let's see how long Florida State can hang. Let's just see what the attitude's like. Let's see what the mentality is like. They have a good defense. They, they do much. have a good they defense. A good and that's defense. that's what I mean there. Like They're not going yeah. to score many points on Georgia. I get that. But also, look, let's see what Rodemaker's got. His only game was against an SEC team yes. at Florida. And if Rodemaker looks good, then that's kind of a different kind of middle finger to the committee. Like, hey, that was not the guy that was going to be playing quarterback. Oh, so man. let me just take it on the small chance that Florida State like, uh, does give you something to think about. If Florida State wins that game, oh my goodness! Oh, the, yeah. the blowback that is yeah. going to be. They're, they're going to. They're going to. They might do the UCF and like put up a, that, a, a the, the, the up blowback that will be received. And if Alabama were to lose to, oh man, ooh wee. Yep, but also, I mean, again, the probable thing is that the inverse or the opposite will happen, and right uh, there will we will we'll be. But we will see. So I will take uh, the Orange Bowl. And then this next pick, we'll go one more round here and take our take a break. I'm going to take – I love this place dearly anyway. I'm going to take the ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. I'm going to take LSU-Wisconsin. Not really anything to do with Wisconsin. I think this is kind of an uneven matchup. Let's watch the Heisman Trophy winner play one more time. Uh, now, granted, if he says the next four or five days, I'm not playing that game, I'll be sad, and that will be a bad pick. Uh, but, look, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He balled out. It's going to be his last college game. Uh, he can appreciate greatness even at a different school. And I, I'm just curious to see him play a team, again, that's more geared towards defense. And, look, all these SEC Big Ten matchups feel like they're – the SEC team is a little more offensive. Big Ten's a little more defensive. And I know the SEC used to be incredibly well-rounded, and several of its teams are. But just comparatively speaking to the Big Ten, I mean, these old misses and LSUs and Tennessees way, way more on the offensive scale than defensive scale, while the Wisconsin and Iowa's of the world very much more on the defensive side of things. All right, Cam, one more pick for you before we get to our next time out. <sighs> I'm going to go... It's kind of a tough one. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to pick the Music City Bowl. There you go. I'm going to pick. Yeah, I'm going to go I considered with that. it. Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm going to go with the Music City Bowl. I think that'll be a pretty decent, de- 
decent game. Um, you know, a, a high octane, high high pass offense that uh, that Maryland has. Uh, Talia Tagovailoa, a lot of talent there. He's like the Big Ten all time leading passer, I think now um, against an Auburn defense that you know obviously like DJ James isn't isn't, isn't playing, and you, you might have a couple guys missing, but you should still have enough talent to be able to keep up, and and you're gonna see some young guys get some playing time, so that should be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean you get. To see Auburn play one more time and they're going to have an insane showing in Nashville so it should be should be a decent game all right Brooks one more pick for you before and I know you do have two picks in yeah. one more pick and then we'll take a break man there's there's a few games that I've got my eye on right here you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the first one to go page three Whoa. I'm gonna go Armed Forces Bowl, James Madison and Air Force. I really like this matchup. James Madison was a, a, a really good football team Left all field. year. Air Force was undefeated for a while and then kind of hit a little little snag and when you got to the Mountain West play. But they were Air Force was one of the last undefeated teams out there uh, when about midway through the season. And so those are, that's a really fun offense they run that triple option. Uh, and then James Madison, I know they lost you know their coach it just left and went to to Indiana, uh, but they're they're a fun football program this year. So give me that matchup. All right, so that's uh, what four rounds in, five rounds in. Yeah, I think four rounds into our college bowl picks. Wow. That means we got about thirty games left here to select. <laughs> so we're moving along at okay pace. Look, that was twelve games in about twelve, thirteen minutes. That wasn't that bad, but we will pick it up a little bit on the other side of this timeout. Again, we're doing our two thousand twenty three bowl season draft, selecting some of those entertaining games. Coming up here in the next couple of weeks, you're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger The sports call Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Barry with you here on this Friday edition of the program. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we are doing a bowl game draft where we are picking all of the most entertaining matchups of the bowl season and drafting them and kind of having one big grouping of bowls. And of course, this is done because the bowl season opens up tomorrow with seven bowl games. It's be a busy day of football. There's only 43 bowl games, again, including the Celebration Bowl. Uh, so you, you do seven of them in one day, and uh, you know that's a nice little nice little chunk of them. So anyway, Brooks had just picked the Armed Forces Bowl, 
Uh, and he has one more pick up coming to remind you what's been picked so far. Brooks's bowl team, shall we say, is the Sugar Bowl with Washington and Texas. He's got the Fiesta Bowl with Liberty and Oregon. He's got the Alamo Bowl with Arizona Oklahoma and the Armed Forces Bowl with James Madison Air Force. Cam will pick after Brooks. Cam's selection so far, the Rose Bowl with Michigan and Alabama. The Cotton Bowl with Missouri, Ohio State. The Citrus Bowl with Iowa, Tennessee. And the Music City Bowl with Auburn and Maryland. And then I'll pick again after Cam. I've selected the College Football Playoff National Championship game. The Peach Bowl with Ole Miss and Penn State. The ReliQuest Bowl with Wisconsin and LSU. And the Orange Bowl with Georgia and Florida State. Brooks, go get back to it. I want to eat my mascot. Give me the Pop-Tarts Bowl. <laughs> I, I just think this is an interesting matchup. Uh, Kansas State... You know, they, they lost their starting quarterback, Will Howard, to the transfer portal. But both of these teams are, are mostly teams that kind of hang around the middle, the upper middle of their conference. Sometimes they make a run to the top top parts of it. But these are two programs that have some pretty decent head coaches. And uh, somebody is going to get to take a bite out of the mascot at the Pop-Tart Bowl. And I, that's that's the only reason I, I really want to see this is to watch somebody eat a live mascot. I still want to know exactly how that's going to work. But, well, again, we'll find out. When, when is that? In December 28th? 28th. So about two weeks. All right, Cam, your next selection. I'm going to go with the Gator Bowl. Kentucky going against number 22, Clemson. Um Clemson snuck back into the top 25 somehow. They 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 struggled all season really to kind of get some real continuity. But Kate Klubnik and the they they I mean they've off they've they've gotten back to it. Uh, just again a really rough start to the season, but they've worked their way back uh, into the top 25. Kentucky um, a, a little bit of an underwhelming se- season in all honesty. Um, you know based off their expectations, so that I think that'll be a pretty decent game. Yeah, and, and look, you know, I, I was admittedly going to take that one next, so I, I think that's a great pick. <laughs> uh, and now I'm kind of lost, and i got to make two of these in a row. Here's the thing. You start to go down the list, and a lot of these teams just don't even have quarterbacks. Brooks was talking about it during the timeout. I'll let him elaborate that's more. That's why but, I went with that, because yeah. they both have their quarterbacks. Because I'm looking at something like Notre Dame – uh, playing Oregon State, that's a top 20 matchup in the Sun Bowl. It is going to be my pick here. I'll take it because it's a top 20 matchup. But I'm going to be hard to sell it to you uh, because Notre Dame's not going to have – are they going to have Hartman? No, Hartman is not going to have Hartman. And then DJ Uyangale is in the portal. Jonathan Smith, the head coach, went in the portal, <laughs> popped out in the Big Ten. Dropped the stuff off at Goodwill. Yeah, I mean – you know, it's it's hard. And and that's what Steve's argument was back in the, in the fourth hour. It's like, yeah, it's not really a summation of the season anymore. And it's I, I've been said, yeah, it's more of a futuristic look. But I'll take it. It's two top 20 teams, Sun Bowl, CBS. I also, also did not have a bowl on the 29th. I had bowls on the 1st and 30th in the championship game. So I'm, I'm trying to give you something to watch each and every day. <laughs> uh, so I'll take the Sun Bowl there with number 19, Oregon State, number 16, Notre Dame. And then beyond that, uh, I know it's not going to be, uh, again, the full blast team, but I'll go take the Texas Bowl, uh, number 20 Oklahoma State, and Texas A&M. Uh, I know Elko's not going to really be that involved yet, but uh, really curious to see A&M moving forward as they turn the page on Jimbo Fisher. They've obviously had a lot of transfers, so they're going to be playing with a lot of different guys. But, again, I'll say this as I said to Steve. They might have 20 different dudes out there than they had earlier this year. 
but those dudes are all pretty much going to be in uniform for next year. So let's start to get the clues on what A&M's got left talent-wise and that sort of thing. And then Oklahoma State did go to the Big 12 title game, so uh, Gundy continues to do a good job there. Cam, what's up? He stirs. <sighs> you, he you, said, you said you picked the Sun Bowl and the Texas Bowl, right? Yep. Okay, just wanted to double-check, make sure I had that right. Technically in the same state. Right. Like, actually right. decidedly yeah. in the same state. All right, I'm going to join Brooks on page three. Oh. I'm, I'm going to go to the Celebration Bowl. Wow. Um, Howard going against Florida A&M. Florida A&M finished the season 11-1. and Really, really good season. Really good team. Um, one of the, obviously, the top um, HBCU team uh, in the country. So should be really good to, to have them face off against a pretty decent Howard team. I want to say Howard finished 8-5. and five. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, pretty decent uh, game. Should be fun. Played in Atlanta. So um, I, I'm going with the Celebration Bowl. First day one selection. Yeah, I mean, that is a game taking place tomorrow in Atlanta. Brooks. Hmm. <laughs> Two selections. Yeah, there's there's some interesting ones here. Um, I'm trying to... Man, do I want to go back to page three? Can you tell me what a famous toaster is? Taste a famous toastery is? Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a restaurant. <laughs> really? It is a restaurant. Oh. I was hoping it was just famous toaster. I was going to be like, well, mine's pretty famous. It's worked for me for a while. So it, that's actually Good with uh, the waffle. I don't know if y'all know this is the famous toastery bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina is the uh, yeah, replacement I, for the Bahamas. Re- yes, bowl I did know that while they redo the yeah. Bahamas bowl stadium. Right. So congrats to Western Kentucky and Old Dominion. Instead of going to the Bahamas, you get to go yeah. to Charlotte, North congrats. Carolina. Uh, and not even playing Bank of America stadium. They're playing it at uh, Charlotte 49ers uh, stadium. Whoa. All right. My pick. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. I'm going to take UNLV in Kansas. Uh, UNLV had a really good season with Barry Odom at the helm for the first uh, year. Uh, kind of fell flat in that Mountain West Championship game against uh, against Boise State, but still a, a very good uh, turnaround that uh, that Barry Odom had there. I was not expecting a lot out of that team this year, and for them to get to that championship game, and then Kansas, they've just uh, Lance Leopold still is is just has them competing. They're they're still not back to that point where Kansas was with uh, uh, who was their, their Mark Mangino yeah. for one single year. Yeah, they're they're not back to that point, which was the pinnacle of kansas football but still a pretty good team plus it's a nine o'clock eastern time kick so a late night out in the desert out near uh, arizona uh I, I really like that one and i got a second pick though right yes um you know what i'm gonna do a, i'm gonna pick with my heart here i'm gonna go to the 251 68 ventures bowl south alabama and eastern michigan south alabama's favored by 15 and a half these are two six and six teams uh another team with south alabama that kind of fell flat this year a lot of people thought they could compete for the sunbelt title this year with uh, uh kane womack as their head coach but uh it, the fact that it, it, it's not about the game because again South Alabama's 15.5-point favorites over Eastern yeah. Michigan. It's about my love for the 251 and the 68 Ventures Bowl. Yeah, you can pick off location. That's perfectly fine. Cam, what you got? Ah, let's see. I think I'm going to stick back to page two. And I'm going to go. I had one that I had my eye on. I'm going to go with the Holiday Bowl. I'm going to go with Louisville and USC. Uh, I think that'll be a, a kind of decent one. Obviously, no Caleb Williams. He's not going to be playing, preparing for the draft. But Louisville, top 15 offense in the country, um, coming off that loss in the ACC championship to FSU. I think they'll be playing with a little bit of extra fire um, and and 
will want to make that game competitive. Um, we'll see if USC decides to have a defense. Probably not. Uh, and should be an interesting game. So and it isn't. It is in San Diego. So that'll be interesting to see how the fans play out. Like how that how that how that fan dynamic plays out. Because I mean, it's not like USC cares all that much about football. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Um, uh, that, but that's the one I'm going with. All right, I'm going to go two in a row here, and I'm going to go ahead and, and be biased and Do it. get get what I love. Do Don't it. you on, take on my it. Roster. Which one are you taking? Go with what you love? Yeah. Which one are you going to do? Both. Wow. Go. go with it. All right, so Duke's Mayo Bowl taking North Carolina <sighs> okay, and West Virginia. That's not the one I was thinking. Uh, Carolina will not have Drake May, so I'm telling you right now that is not as watchable. Don't tune in expecting him to play. He won't. It will be uh, Connor Harrell. Out of Alabaster, uh, Thompson High School, so he's going to get the starting knob. He was uh, starting nod, excuse me. He was the backup for Carolina this year. That's a bowl game that's in Charlotte, so Carolina should have a good following there. But no idea what to expect. North Carolina definitely plowed through the end of their year in a very poor manner. And then my second Don't pick. Don't you do it? I feel I it. I, I know exactly. Where I he's think going. I know where he's going. I think I know where you're going. Go ahead. It's my first third page bowl selection, oh. and I'm going to hog the market on Tampa bowls. Oh, okay, okay, and, okay. okay, and take the Gasparilla Bowl between UCF and Georgia Tech. Want to see what Gus, Gus Malzahn is going to be up to in that bowl game? Uh, they were in that bowl a couple years ago when they beat Florida. Georgia Tech was a much improved program down the stretch. They. Uh, won a few games, get bowl eligible, uh, and hung around a little more than I thought they were capable of against Georgia. Uh, we're not completely out of that game, which was felt like first time in a while for them. So I think that'll be a very even matchup and something that uh, for again two power conference teams be playing that early again. I think that would be a pretty pretty even matchup. All right, Cam, what do you think All I right, was going to take? I thought you were going to go with the Birmingham Bowl, and oh. that is what I'm going to gotcha. go with. Um, because you were like two, two, two. You know, I don't want to watch Duke. I hope they lose. <laughs> go Troy. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good game. I think that's going to be a really good game, actually. Uh, Troy, even though John Summerall is no longer there, he's now at Tulane, um, and and uh, Mike Elko is now at Texas A&M. Um, I've actually we actually uh, interviewed Coach, uh, the interim head coach Trooper Taylor, um, the other day. He was actually on my. Um, program this morning the score love Duke, um, never yeah. doubt <laughs> <laughs> was great trooper taylor former auburn auburn coach uh was with the 2010 team um and so uh he he was a, a great interview uh but that game should be a lot of fun troy time trying to get their first uh uh, trying to get another win over a Power Five program, uh, so it should be interesting to see. Uh, I think that one's going to be a, certainly an interesting one. So, Brooks, is that the one you thought I was going to take too? I, I thought remember? you were going to take Gasparilla. Okay, yeah. no, okay. Yeah. I, I figured. No, you know, I you still love Gus. When you Sorry, said I picked with my, when you yeah. said you were going to pick with your heart twice, I knew it was going to yeah. be North Carolina and UCF. Yeah. My heart is not made of black. That's why I did not pick Duke. <laughs> it, 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 that would have been a, that would have been a hate watch. Brooks, what you got? All right, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, with the Arizona Bowl, Toledo versus Wyoming. Toledo's been a really, really good program this year in that of the MAC. Uh, and I, I thought their head coach, uh, Jason Candle, was going to get a was in line for a bigger job this year. Uh, didn't really happen. And then uh, Craig Bowl rides out into the sunset in his final game as the head coach of the Wyoming. Uh, you were Cowboys. sad about that. I Walked was. To the he, office was such, he was such a went, good coach. No! Out there. Yep. 
Yeah, his final game. But he, 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 and you know, fitting that he gets to ride off in the into the sunset in Tucson, Arizona. Like, <laughs> set of so many great westerns. All right, so Arizona Bowl, um, and then I'm going to go to the. Uh, I'm going to go to Vegas and give me Northwestern and Utah. Northwestern's See, been a really good uh, program, a really good story this year. And uh, Utah was a team that I thought was going to be in the Pac-12 championship. Obviously, they didn't get there, uh, but still a really, really good defense on that Utah side. That was that's a good pick because that was in my next wave of consideration just for the destination. I'm like, hey, I want to have the bowl. It's played in Las Vegas, and will it be well attended? I have no idea, but it's in Las Vegas, and I can think of plenty of worse places to hold uh, a bowl game. So, with that in mind, Cam, what you got? I think I'm, we've got about 15 or so yeah, available rough, bowls, yeah. roughly. So I'm going to go with the with the uh, Fenway Bowl, uh, SMU going against uh, Boston College. Should be a decent one, I think. Uh, SMU, last last game in the AACC? Uh, AAC? Yeah, SMU. Yeah, AAC. yeah, they're going in the ACC. Okay, and then they're going into the ACC. So, you know, la- a conference um, matchup yeah, next so year. conference matchup next year. Should be interesting to see how that plays out. Boston College, I don't know too much about them, but uh, I, I think that'll be a decent matchup. Yeah, at this point, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're getting to stuff that you're just hoping ends up being close or being weirdly entertaining. Uh, I'll tell you a game that was weirdly entertaining last year. That was the Liberty Bowl. That was Kansas and Arkansas. So I'm going to take Iowa State and Memphis in the Liberty Bowl this year. Uh, Really important bounce back this year uh, as you looked at Iowa State and saw how rough they were in the beginning of the year. A lot of talk about hot seats and that sort of thing. Uh, they rebounded and were able to get through this year to a bowl game. And then Memphis is a team that I always follow a little bit because of their rivalries with UAB, uh, and they are kind kind of now one of the uh, flag bearers for the AAC. Now that so many teams have left the conference, so it's kind of important for the conference for Memphis to play well. So I'll put that one on the sheet, uh, and then. Uh, Cam took the Fenway Bowl there in Boston, so I'll take the one uh, played there in the Bronx, Miami, and and Rutgers in the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, Again, Miami still waiting. They're becoming the East Coast Texas, still waiting on them to get going and have a big year. They've been recruiting pretty well, but Mario Cristobal's have some pretty big coaching gaffes. And then Rutgers is a team with Greg Schiano. You just extended him the other way, I think the 2030 uh, and he's been really instrumental in keeping that program mildly okay. I mean, that's usually one of the laughingstock programs of the Power Five, but not when he's in charge of it. They've got a weird amount of NIL money flowing in some of these sports, especially in basketball. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just see I'll see how that Miami Rutgers game goes in, in New York. Cam, another pick pick for you. I think we're gonna we're not gonna have time to take another break. We're just gonna power through this and then get to a TV. Let's ad. do it. All right, all right, all right. Sounds good. I'm gonna go with. Um, uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the military bowl. I'm gonna go with Tulane and and, uh, and Vir- going against Virginia Tech. Um, I think I hope that, Pratt plays in that. Yeah, game. You know I, if Michael I, Pratt's I, playing. Pr- I yeah. don't know if Michael Pratt's gonna be playing. That sh- that's kind of where I was alluding to. If he plays, that should be a surely interesting game. Got to see how the roster turnover. Like I mentioned with Troy, Don Summerall now with Tulane. So I wonder how much roster turnover that's going to be, how much of that staff is going to be 
um, there. John Summer already made it really clear that uh, a lot of the staff won't be coaching because he's he doesn't even want to worry about poaching players or anything along the lines of that. Uh, he's already said that he he's heard he's kind of heard and seen some rumblings within the program. He's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm getting that out of there. So it uh, should be interesting to see who actually ends up coaching and playing in that program. Um, but I, I think it'll be a fun one. I, I do. I, 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 I think that'll be an interesting one. Going against a Power 5 team in Virginia Tech um, in Maryland. All right, Brooks, two in a row. Uh, Cam, you made my selection easier because I, I was on the fence about taking the military bowl. Uh, so I'm going to go down, and I'm going to take the first responder bowl between Texas State and Rice. Those are two programs out of the state of Texas playing in the state of Texas uh, that were uh, a little bit better than what some people thought. Listen, T.J. Finley kind of balled out at Texas State this year. So I think that's going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, my other one is I'm going to go to day one. This is going to be my first day one selection. I'm going to take the Mountain West champion Boise State Broncos versus UCLA in the L.A. Bowl. Uh, UCLA doesn't have to go anywhere. That's a good uh, one. They, they just have to drive to Inglewood to, to play in that game. And, you know, last year was the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. This year it's the Gronk L.A. Bowl. So That's like, cooler. It, it's going to be objectively. I and more party, to take it. party ridden. Yeah. All right, Cam, another pick from you. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the New Orleans Bowl. Um, I'm going to go with Louisiana going against Jacksonville State. Uh, should be another good one. Jacksonville State trying to get uh, their first uh, you know, uh, bowl win ever. Uh, so should be a good one. Should be a fun one. Um, I think that uh, I think that'll be an interesting one. Get very curious to see how much the uh, how much the uh, the fan base travels. I think it'll be a pretty decent amount. And then Louisiana, they're in New Orleans, uh, Raging Cajuns. Uh, so I think that'll be a decent one. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. That was a destructive couple picks for me because those were my <laughs> next two picks, uh, but both in a row. So I, I really like that Jacksonville State pick because I'm interested in another in-state team. See how they do in their first ever bowl game. And glad they're getting this opportunity. By the way, glad enough. Uh, not enough teams became uh, bowl eligible. Thank you for your failure, other teams. Uh, yes. So again, I'll take some. I'll take some. Um, I'll take another destination bowl here, just in terms of uh, warm weather, good in December. Boca Raton, Florida for the Boca Raton Bowl. South Florida and Syracuse. Uh, South Florida again is going to be another one of those teams where I'm talking about needs to bear uh, be a, a big important team. In the AAC, they're going to be getting a new stadium in the coming years in Tampa. Uh, and, again, the AAC is going to be a conference that's going to be trying to secure one of those automatic bids. They need teams like Memphis, South Florida, UTSA, et cetera, to show out. So I'm going to be curious to see if they can be an ACC opponent there uh, in Syracuse. I guess for a brief time, it might have been a Big East matchup if I'm if the timeline went up because South Florida went from the Conference USA to Big East. Syracuse, yeah. I think, was still in the Big East maybe for a little while. I don't know. That that might have overlapped for a little while, so I'll take that one. And then I'll take a glutton for pain. I'll go to day one, my my first day one bowl, uh, New Mexico State and Fresno State. I want to check in on Diego Pavia, uh, see if he's still making ridiculous plays uh, playing Fresno State, who's usually looked upon as a bigger program. That game is taking place in Albuquerque, though. All right, Cam? All right. Uh, that made my life a little easier, actually, Ryan, because I was debating between that one and uh, the Cure Bowl. So now I'm going to go with the Cure Bowl. App, App State going against Miami of Ohio. Uh, Miami of Ohio had a really good season this year. And uh, App State being who they are as the just upset overall, over, overall upset kings. I just, you know, they are who they are. 
uh, I think that'll be a surely interesting game in Orlando. All right, Brooks, real quickly, two in a row. Uh, I'm going to, because of my love for this coach, I'm going to take the quick lane bowl because I, I'm a big uh, P.J. Fleck guy, I, I, even though he kind of has been a down year this year for them. I'm, I'm going to still take them because I'm you know really interested to watch them. They're going to be without their starting quarterback. He entered the transfer portal. Uh, and then my next pick, I'm going to go down to Frisco, Texas, and take that UTSA and Marshall game because uh, that, that's a really interesting bowl, uh, bowl game. UTSA was a, a team that I think a lot of people really liked uh, coming into the year. They still finished really well, and, uh, and it, I think it's going to be a fun, uh, fun matchup. All right, Cam. Hmm. We are in the waning moments here. I think yeah, I think everyone's got like two more. I think everyone's got two more picks. I think, or maybe Brooks only has one. Yeah, I think Brooks has one, and and Cam, you and I have two more. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to go with the famous Toastery Bowl, Old Dominion going against Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky. I mean, you know, they have the the. If I remember correctly, it's Western Kentucky that has the really cool helmets and yeah. uniforms, right? Yeah. So that should be a just a fun uniform to see what they pull out. Old Old, old Dominion. My best friend played for Old Dominion for four years, so uh, I always have I always have an affinity to root for them uh, and and want to want to see them be successful. So uh, I'm going to go with the famous Toastery Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, my final two here. I'm surprised this one's made it because it is a power conference matchup. Independence Bowl, Texas Tech and Cal. And again, that does have some relevance for some Auburn folk because, of course, Cal will be playing Auburn again next year. We'll see if they have a kind of a different grouping of players here, if they've kind of moved on to some future players. Uh, and, of course, they are moving on to a different conference next year in the ACC. And then Texas Tech, decent team. They were the talk of the town just a little bit because they were a weird common opponent for both Texas and Oregon to have. Oregon did not handle them by much. Texas thumped them uh, in their final meeting being Big 12 cohorts. So I'll take that one. And then I'll take one more destination bowl. Fly me to Hawaii for the Hawaii Bowl the day after Christmas. Uh, Coastal Carolina and San Jose State. Uh, admittedly would have been more fun with Grayson McCall in this game. I agree. Uh, but, uh, again, I, that's just purely because Hawaii is a nice place to play a bowl game around Christmas. All right, Cam and Brooks, you got one more pick each, starting uh, with Cam. Should be interesting. I I think I'm going um, to go Southern or to go State. Hmm. I'm going to go... I'm I'm gonna go Southern. I'm gonna go Myrtle Beach Bowl. I just I think that I think honestly that's a more appealing uh, appealing place to be. Uh, Ohio going against Southern, uh, Georgia Southern. The then uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. No offense to Boise Idaho, uh, but I just think that that's uh, a, the Myrtle Beach Bowl is a little bit better of a game. All right, Brooks. All right, you're either staying home in Montgomery pretty much. Or you're going out and getting some famous potatoes. I was about to say, uh, Cam, you were down to the blue field versus the teal field. Yeah. You take, took the teal field. I'm down to a blue field or a flower, and somebody's going to be mis- the Mr. Irrelevant Bowl. Somebody's going to be the undrafted free agent bowl. Um, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to stay in Montgomery and stay, the the, stay in the listening area. I'll take Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. Uh, I think I actually, I've, I've uh, combined at least, I think I've seen both of these teams play, not each other, I don't think, in the in the Mobile Bowl game. And so I, I some nostalgia there. I definitely have seen Arkansas State play down there. Uh, but it's uh, I, I think that taking the hometown bowl in our listening area, uh, get that Camellia Bowl. James from Montgomery, his favorite bowl game of the year is the Camellia Bowl, and so it, it sure is. To to think thinking about our good friend James, I'm going to take the Camellia Bowl. That's that's nice of you there. <laughs> uh, all right, we only have a minute or two left in the show. Uh, should I try and jam through what everyone picked real quick? 
Yeah. Yeah, try it. Go over time and do it. Okay. Brooks took the Sugar Bowl. I'm just going to tell you the matchups. Took Well, I can't. That's not about bowl season. Sugar Bowl, Washington and Texas. He took the Fiesta Bowl, Liberty and Oregon. He took the Arizona Bowl, Toledo and Wyoming. He took the Alamo Bowl, Arizona and Oklahoma. Pop-Tart Bowl, Eat Those, Kansas State and NC State. Uh, then he took the First Responder Bowl, Texas State and Rice. Took the Quick Lane Bowl, Bowling Green and Minnesota. Uh, took the Las Vegas Bowl. That's a great destination. Northwestern Utah, 68 Ventures Bowl in Mobile, South Alabama, Eastern Michigan. Armed Forces Bowl, James Madden, Air Force, Camellia Bowl, Montgomery, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. Frisco Bowl, Marshall, UTSA, and the LA Bowl, Boise State, and UCLA. That's his bowl matchups. Cam Berry took the Rose Bowl, great venue, Michigan and Alabama. He took the Cotton Bowl, Missouri and Ohio State. Citrus Bowl, Iowa and Tennessee. Music City Bowl, Auburn and Maryland. He took the Gator Bowl, Kentucky and Clemson. The Fenway Bowl, SMU, Boston College. Holiday Bowl, USC and Louisville. Military Bowl, Tulane and Virginia Tech, Guaranteed Rate Bowl, UNLV and Kansas. He also took a few third page here, Birmingham Bowl, Duke and Troy. Go Troy, who said that? Uh, and then Cam took uh, f- famous Toastery Bowl, Western Kentucky, Old Dominion. Uh, and then took, I guess, the bottom four on our page here, but they're all day one. They're seven day one bowls. Cure Bowl, yeah, Appalachian State, and Miami of Ohio. Louisiana and Jacksonville State, that's the New Orleans Bowl. Celebration Bowl between Howard and Florida A&M. And Myrtle, Myrtle Beach Bowl between Ohio and and Georgia Southern and mine real quickly. I took the college football playoff national championship game, the Orange Bowl between Georgia and Florida State, Peach Bowl between Ole Miss and Penn State, ReliQuest Bowl in Tampa versus Wisconsin versus LSU, Liberty Bowl, Iowa State and Memphis, Sun Bowl, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Miami versus Rutgers in the Pinstripe Bowl, Texas Bowl, Texas A&M and Oklahoma State, Duke's Mayo Bowl, North Carolina and West Virginia, Hawaii Bowl, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State, and then in the page three bowls, the Gasparilla Bowl between UCF and Georgia Tech, Boca Raton Bowl, South Florida and Syracuse, Independence Bowl, Texas Tech and California, and the New Mexico Bowl, New Mexico State versus Fresno State, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, not so famous, was not selected. And that's our bowl game draft. I hope Woo! you enjoyed that listening to give you a little a way of previewing some of the games in just a, a quick fashion. Again, there are seven of them coming up this weekend. And again, those bowl games tomorrow on the 16th. Texas Tech and Cal, that's the late game, 915 on ESPN. Boise State, UCLA, the LA Bowl. Uh, you got New Mexico State and Fresno State, Appalachian State, Miami of Ohio, Louisiana, Jacksonville State, Howard, Florida AM. And Ohio, Georgia Southern, those are all the bowl games for you to watch tomorrow. Real quickly, a abbreviated version of the nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. All right, no music. Sports Call nightly TV guide. White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brooks, what we got? Two movie picks for you. Frozen 2 at 6 o'clock on Disney's Your Family Movie Flick of the Evening. Your Marvel Movie Fix of the Evening. 6 o'clock on FX. Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, we've got some college, college football action for you tonight. FCS play Playoffs continue on ESPN2 as Albany takes on South Dakota State. ESPNU, it's the Division Three championship game between Cortland and North Central. So 
check out some college football action there. College basketball, 6 o'clock on FS1. Saginaw Valley State visits Butler. Then follow that up at 9 o'clock on ESPN2 with Connecticut and Gonzaga. That's a really good matchup out in uh, Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle. Two NBA matchups tonight on ESPN. The Lakers visit the Spurs. Then the Knicks visit the Suns. And, of course, the Auburn Gymnastics team is doing their preview meet tonight. You can watch that if you can't make it out there. 7 o'clock on the SEC Network Plus. And that is your nightly TV guide brought to my friends at White Call Hard Seltzer. Thank you very much for that, Brooks. Thank you for being here throughout the week. Hope you have a great weekend, sir. We'll see you again next week. See you then. And Cam Berry, hope that your surgery goes very well Thank on you. Monday. I hope that you see great things afterwards. And I we'll sure see you so. again next week. Oh, yeah. See you next week. Again, that does it for the show for the day and for the week, as always. We appreciate all those that tuned in and called in. For Cam Berry and Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Enjoy some bowl games this weekend, and we'll talk to you again on Monday.